Hey. Hey, there's Craig. Okay, so uh welcome to the Dungeons and Dragons, guys. I am excited. Uh I've been looking forward to the spooky episode. So uh, we'll jump into it. Real quick introductions for anybody that's going to be listening to this later. Um, I am your dungeon master, K Star. My name is Krista. I will uh be leading you guys through this adventure. Uh we have um a fur bulg. Would you like to introduce your character real quick, Jason? Hello, I am Jason. I play Rumir the Fearbolg. He's awkward, but he means well. <laughs> we also have a Dwarven Lass. Would you like to introduce your character, Megan? Hi, I'm Megan. I play Visteria, a dwarf from Uthadarn, uh, who likes to shove her lance in people while uh, rolling around in her wheelchair. Awesome. My lovely husband pa- plays a turtle. Honey, want to introduce your character? Yes, I play Vern, uh, ranger, turtle, shy, and new. <laughs> is husband super quiet for anyone else? Or is it just me? A he's, a little, he's a little quiet. I'll tell him to talk into his mic better. Uh, and then last but not least, we have Gib Talar. Would you like to introduce your character? Hi, so um, I'm Gib Talar, Matt, and um, I play an Asimar warlock who enjoys listening to arguments between his sword and his guide. <laughs> so uh, previously on our game, you guys had all found yourself drawn to the Benagerie Coast of Wildmount. And uh, whether for vacation or exploring or maybe just a near place to your home, uh, your spiritual guides calling, whatever it was, you guys all found yourselves in the city of the small town of Palmaflora and then later to Palmaflora Isle, uh, which upon waiting for the events of the day to begin, which included a shark hunting contest, the entire island began to shake and sink into the water as fish people came out of the water and began to attack the village. Uh, You guys jumped to help and um, doing the best you can to get rid of the fish people attacking and then run to safety yourselves. Uh, You guys made it back to the mainland just in time to see what looks like the person that was causing most of the earthquakes um, come to shore and begin attacking. Uh, People fought back, and as she fell, she dropped a curious scepter and an even more curious uh, sword, which was scooped up by an odd dwarven man who seemed to disappear from sight. As you guys gave chase to him, he left a letter uh, for you, telling you that you could meet, if you wanted to know more about Endless Wonder, you could seek out Mrs. Frederick the next day. Your rooms had been paid for, uh, which included food for you guys for the evening uh, and lodging. And the next night, you guys met with Mrs. Frederick who offered you a chance to become part of her team to, it was, in her words, it was a ticket to endless wonder, that you guys were special and that you had what it takes to to be a part of this hush-hush team. Um, she drew a transportation circle on the floor and it was jump or don't jump. And you guys all decided to jump uh, landing you in a, a small gazebo. Uh, you guys saw a house in the distance 
but instead were ushered into a carriage that took you to the warehouse. In the mountains where Grimglare once sat, there is now a, a doorway that enters into a large warehouse filled with artifacts, uh, strange and arcane in nature. Artie said that he liked to think of it as Xandria's attic, hiding away things that could potentially cause the end of the world. And that you guys would be joining him in hunting down more of these things and snag it, bag it, tag it, and tuck it away so that it couldn't hurt anybody. The warehouse, however, had been acting oddly, and arcs of lightning had moved through, and you guys dodged out of the way, and it seemed to flush our Artie. And as he turned around, in the hand of Gibtalar was a deck of many things, almost beckoning him to pull from the deck. And against the call-outs of uh, the friends around him, that he had recently made, and the man that he was going to be working for, Gibtlar, pulled a card. And you were all whisked away, including Artie, to what looked like a dinner party. All dressed in finery, all of a sudden you guys were whisked away and were told to eat, drink, and be merry and enjoy the time that you had there. Some of you jumped right into it. Uh, Dining on the delicious food and uh, joining in on the dancing and the drinking. Others, like Artie, were much more hesitant. Uh, and it took you guys a while to get going into it. But eventually everybody had a wonderful time. Uh, a bit hesitantly. But you guys had a good time nonetheless. And were found yourselves. And after you guys had finished the party, you found yourselves back, uh, back home at the warehouse. Um, as if no time had passed. The deck of many things was neutralized and hopefully put back on its shelf where it belonged. And Artie hastily finished his uh, kind of show and tell feature of the warehouse and told you to head back to Lena's uh, where you guys would be able to pick your rooms and that he would meet you there the next morning. So that's where we find ourselves. All of you are in your various rooms as morning comes. The sound of uh, People moving about the kitchen, smell of bacon wafting towards you as the day begins. What's everybody doing? I'm getting glared at, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> Ramir, you had you tied one on pretty good. Uh, coming back, it seems like the effects had... Uh, mostly begun to wear off you definitely got uh, a hearty meal but after everyone else did when you kind of woke to to raise yourself from the floor to the bed you noticed that there was a nice warm meal waiting for you at your desk that you were able to eat and then uh, sleep off the rest of the uh the hangover that was threatening uh, but you wake up feeling surprisingly okay which for someone who doesn't drink very often you i'm sure you expected to be quite uh uncomfortable come morning but whether it was the food or the whatever it was that late night or maybe something fae related, uh, you find yourself feeling relatively okay this morning. Or the fact that I'm over seven feet tall and almost 100 <laughs> pounds. 
Yeah, maybe a little bit of cotton mouth, but uh, other than that, you wake up feeling okay. I go downstairs and I just take a quick walk outside, just kind of looking around Lena's a little bit, kind of taking in uh, the wooded area and just enjoying a little bit of the early morning cool air. It's a bit misty right now as you move outside as as summer is slowly tapering off and especially here where you guys are located a little farther northwards um, and a little bit up in the mountains. It's it's a cool morning. It's a little bit of mist. There's definitely some dew on the grass and uh, you get that Christmas and that damp earth smell that reminds you of home. Very nice. Um, so I wake up to the smell of bacon and make my way downstairs and into the kitchen to see what I can find. As you arrive into the kitchen, um, there is the large dining table off to the left and Lena is moving about the kitchen. Looks like she's uh, about to pull, she's checking on something in the oven and then she closes it back. Looks like it's not quite ready yet, but. She's moving the bacon around. Uh, she's she looks over her shoulders. You come in. Oh, um, breakfast will be ready shortly. Artie's already at the table. And as you look to your left, you do see Artie seated uh, with his back to the wall. Looks like there are a number of folders and papers in front of him. Um, he doesn't look up immediately as you as you come in, but he takes a long drink from what looks like probably coffee in a large mug. Okay, uh, Lena. Lena sees you hesitate uh, at the doorway as you kind of look around. She says, um, what's your morning drink of preference? Coffee? Tea? Milk? Hot chocolate? Hot chocolate. You got it. One second. Um, she you. pulls a couple of things from the cabinet and then begins, uh, looks like she's warming milk on the stove. Okay. I roll over to sit next to Artie and noticing that it's a little bit chilly outside, open up the window right behind me if it opens. So that I got a nice breeze on my back because it feels like home. It does. So you you push open the window <clears throat> and Artie kind of uh, grumbles a little bit as some of his papers move at the first gust of wind. But he, he moves his coffee cup to kind of hold a couple down. And he he gives, although he sounds a bit gruff and like not a morning person, possibly, he still gives you a warm smile as you sit next to him. And I say, good morning. <sighs> Morning, at least. And he takes another pull from his coffee. Did the others sound like they were uh, moving around up there? Um, I don't know. Did they? Gibbsler, what are you doing this morning? Um, waking up to come downstairs. <laughs> are you, though? And Vern. I think you hear a lot of banging around in my room for a second and then I kind of walk down the stairs and kind of look around see if anybody heard and then just go sit at the table. <laughs> <laughs> so can I say, I think they'll be down soon. <laughs> and almost as if summoned by name, uh, as you say that, the door opens and Gibtelar steps through, followed shortly behind by Vern. Good morning, boys! Ugh. Good morning. <laughs> Morning. Is that another coffee drinker I hear? Lena calls over her shoulder. <laughs> uh, 
Yes. And I point at him. <laughs> she pours the hot chocolate that she just finished repairing and slides that over to Wistari. And uh, for Gibtalar, she uh, has a craft that is filled with coffee that she had already filled uh, Artie's cup with. And she fills your cup and passes that over to you. Uh, and then she looks to Vern. Vern, what's your drink of preference in the morning? Are you a juice person? You want a hot drink? What you want? Yeah, just a cold juice. Juice on ice. Orange juice, apple juice, whatever you got. <laughs> you got it. She kind of giggles to herself. and, and juice. <laughs> Absolutely. She flutters back over to uh, to where she's got all the things prepared. And she pours a tall glass of orange juice and brings it over to you. Am I still real quiet or is it better? Is that what you pour on your shirt? It's better. Sorry, we're kind of over here sitting with Jarvis going after a bone and he was dragging it across the floor hoping it didn't come through <laughs> badly. <laughs> no problem. Life with a puppy. I guess that's actually a convenient time for Rumir to just kind of walk in. Oh, right, I forgot you were outside. <laughs> <laughs> so as you as you come in, there is obviously free space at the table. Uh, Lena does the same thing. She she offers you a morning drink. Mommy, I eat. <clears throat> we interrupt this program for what? <laughs> uh, anyways, yes. Uh, juice for Romero as well. Uh, he actually is. Um, he asks for some kind of stout tea. She she nods and uh, moves back, and she looks like she's pulling a number of different bags and, and, you know and a jar from the top cabinet, and seems to be uh, making a blend for you. Kind of, kind of uh, with a with a glance and a guess, he he asks for it in Sylvan, out of curiosity. She nods nonetheless, almost as if she didn't notice the change. And, uh, like I said, she begins pulling a number of bags in a small jar out of the cabinet and, uh, stuffs them into an infuser pot that she fills with boiling water and takes a moment to let it steep before pulling you, pouring you a cup of tea. It looks a bit murky, um, as you look down into it, but it is a pretty stout tea, but it's delicious. Many thanks, Lena. And again, that's in Sylvan. She gives a wink and then goes back to the, the oven where she pulls out, looks like piping hot colossus that she um, carefully puts into um, like a warm stone uh, basket uh, oh that she puts to the table to help keep them warm, puts a nice towel over them and uh, puts around a plates for everybody and uh, says, well, um, that's breakfast. Uh, you guys all eat up. Um, I'll be back shortly. Um, Artie, if you need me, just call. And she she flies uh, out the doorway and towards uh, probably her room. You you would think. And uh, Artie, Thanks, oh no problem. Artie immediately reaches into the basket and kind of juggles one. It's obviously very hot out of the oven, but he kind of juggles one onto the onto his plate and uh, is kind of wafting his hand over it to try to get it to cool down faster. They smell amazing. What's in them? Uh, she, it looks like she's created two different ones because they're kind of divided in the center. Um, one side looks to be fruit and the other side looks to be maybe a sausage. 
Roommate gingerly reaches in for a fruit one. Awesome. Yep, I'm grabbing. I'm going to poke one of the fruit ones with my arrow and set it on my plate so I don't burn myself. <laughs> what was that? How, mu- how many are there? Is there enough to have one of each? Oh, absolutely. There is a number of them in there. Almost like there looks like there's too many for all of you to eat. Um, there's there's plenty. She looks like she made quite a bit. Okay, I'll take one of each. Perfect. I'm also going to take a fruit one and then look for the bacon that I smelled earlier. Yes, she pulled that is on a plate to the side. She was... Awesome. Okay, so as you guys begin enjoying breakfast, Artie, um, in his haste, has uh, finished eating first and um, has wiped his hands on probably the the bottom bits of his jacket and then has begun shuffling his papers around again. And then while you guys are eating, he looks up and says, well, while you guys finish up, I'm going to quickly debrief you. I've been after this artifact for a while and it seems to have disappeared and the trail went cold a number of years ago. Um, But I think we have a lead and if it's not the artifact, I think it is either way. It uh, is definitely reeks of an artifact. We found a giant bubble of darkness. So pretty safe to bet that it's going to be an artifact. So you guys are going to be leaving here um, after breakfast. Lena will be uh, will be your ride for this one because it's actually quite far away. Um, have any of you ever heard of Talonstad? Talonstad? Uh, no. I'm hmm. probably I probably have not, but you know, I would make a history check, but I don't see a reason why. No, the only two people would be uh, Wistari and Gibtalar would have. Yeah. yeah, I think I have. <laughs> yeah. Wistari, you you do recognize the town because a number of years ago, when the Dwendalian Empire was trying to take over the Julius Dominion. Um, there was a town that had a number of um, dragonborn like refugees. And mm-hmm. sometime during the near the end of the war, as the Dwendalian Empire was finishing its kind of reign of like finishing taking over and, and absorbing the Julius Dominion, um, Talonstad seemed to fall off the map. And mm-hmm. all of the refugees that were in the town were driven off. And some of the refugees made their way all the way up to Uthadurn, um, which had, was already kind of a town known for taking in people as they had taken in the elves. And so there are a number of dragonborn that had passed through the city that were from there. And so you you have history books, and it's something you probably would have learned in school. Um, that that town had kind of something, they don't know what happened. All they know is that the refugees were purged from the town, and then the town was just kind of not there anymore. Okay. Um, refugees, towns. Sorry, notes. Okay, so I kind of relate to to Artie that yeah, I I'm familiar with it, but to what I know, it it has been it it essentially disappeared. Um, so right, that's what that's what we all thought. We thought that it was abandoned. Um, once the refugees left, we thought that the economy had just kind of collapsed and it was just another empty mountainous town in between 
here in the and the Korean dynasty. So we thought that uh, it was just left abandoned. But it uh, turns out there is a very large um, dark bubble over it. We've scouted it out. I had Lena check it out last night and uh, give us a point of entry. Um, generally, I would be going with you because, as I said, this particular artifact I've been going after for a while, but um, I need I need to stay and find out why the warehouse is acting up, and my priority has to be here. Um, he hands out um, a, cup, a paper that seems to have some info on the, on the artifact that he thinks it is. He says, um, I think it was supposed to be rumor, at least, says that it was made by the Hag Mother, or possibly one of the followers from uh, Deseret. Uh, it's called the Pyxis of Melano. Melanoe. Um, it's a gold, it's an ornate gold box that's said to have helped even the gods to sleep. Insomniacs everywhere sought it. However, the only thing it leaves in its wake are nightmares and bloodshed. So, in a way, it was relatively easy to track through the ages. And then suddenly, nothing. I couldn't find anything. The trail just went cold. But, honestly, with the dark cloud and the just the nothingness that came, it seems to correlate around the same time that Talonstad was abandoned and the time that this artifact was scattered to history. So, that's what you guys will be doing. Uh, we'll send you to Talonstad. You go in, find the artifact, tag it, bring it back, and we will uh, hide it away. You got anything yeah, can you put the name of that into the notes so that I can copy it down when I get a chance? Yes. Thank you. Yeah, I was just like, can we spell that place, please? <laughs> <laughs> when you're done typing, come and ask Artie if he has anything uh, anything to help us out on the journey. Yeah, we're going to the To help or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the E in this word has the two dots over it. So it's the Pyxis of Melanoe. Which E? The last one. The one at the end. And what was the name of the, the settlement? I'm Tallenstadt. Tallenstadt, thank you. Sure, if not. Oh. Oops. I think many teas. Okay. Go on. Um, Artie nods to you, Vern, and he says, I have a number of things that you guys can take with you. Um you guys wanna like paper rock scissors to see who gets what or older parchment shears to see who gets what, or should I just hand it out in a circle? I mean you could just show us what it is and we could talk about it like adults. <laughs> he puts he puts oh, two like hands out for rock paper uh <laughs> talon parchment. Rock, shears. paper, scissors, lizard spot. <laughs> <laughs> and when he uh, says adults, I kinda of slowly put my hands away like, oh. We'll play later. Uh, well well, first thing, he puts out um he throws out a bag forward and inside are a set of the red gloves for each of 
Um, if you're going to touch anything that looks like an artifact or something magic related, these are nullifying gloves and it should keep you from having any kind of, um, any artifact that requires, uh, or that gets into people by touch. It should prevent that. I'm going to raise my hand. Uh, burn? If I, if I hold, have these gloves on and I grab a magic weapon, will it make my magic weapon normal? Only if the magic weapon has to be, has to form a bond with you through touch. Okay, thank you. It'll mm. still, it won't nullify the weapon. He said, that's what this is for. And he pulls out a red bag like you saw him use before. Um, a large jar full of red goo. And he pushes those ones forward. He says, the goo is for anything that you can submerge into that the bag doesn't really work on. Um, either way. Well, for the box, the box, the bag should be okay, but it's been in effect for so long, you might need to goo it and bag it. Uh, better you take both. But there's only one of each of these, so someone's going to have to carry them. Is there, is there storage on Wastari's chair that we can put things in? Yeah, I have a... It's basically equivalent to a Dungeoneer's pack, only it is carried on the chair. But... It makes it a lot easier for heavy stuff to go in there, so um, because of the um, the way the chair works, that would, that would make sense to me. I okay. also have a lot of trunk space. I also, if this will help you guys, I do have a bag of holding, which is good issued to each uh, agent group. Since you guys are working all together, I only have one for you, but it holds quite a bit. And it should be able to hold anything you need. So that was one of the things that has to be doled out. So whoever wants the bag of holding, he puts, he pulls up, oh, he pulls up from below the table. Oh, what looks like a average backpack, but I do count. I count as large when it comes to determining carrying capacity. So <laughs> I can carry lots of heavy stuff. Yeah, I was gonna say. I think he looks big enough to hold that big old bag. <laughs> reach out. I just reach out and take it. And then I hold it open for anyone to put anything that they wish to into it. Do we want to keep? If, we could put the goo in there, and it won't spill, right? Correct. It is. It is a lidded jar. It's not going to like if you tip it over. It's not going to. Okay. Uh, Gibtolar takes the container of collages, sets a few aside, sets a few more aside, and then dumps the rest into the bag of holding. <laughs> Okay. If you spill the jar in the bag of holding, does it just become a dirty bag? It might nullify it. Okay. And and as you guys begin to put things into the bag of holding, uh, Artie puts up a hand. He says, be very careful with those. The bag, the jar, you can put inside the bag of holding. The bag, however, I would recommend one of you guys carry that in your non-magical bag. Okay. I'll take it. Okay, next thing. Uh, how do you guys feel about having your ears pierced if you don't have them? Mine already are. I have a feeling one of Rumeir's already is. If not both. I don't know. I have no issue with this. This is meaningless to me. Now, my question is, do turtles have regular ears? Like, like, Humanoid ears, or do they have turtle ears? <laughs> There's a hole. Uh, so as as Artie asks and looks around, he pauses as he gets to Vern, and then uh, he goes, "Oh well, 
<laughs> okay, I'll give me a moment. I'll, I'll fix something for you. But for the rest of you, the easiest way is, is an ear piercing. And he sets on the table um, small, perfectly round stones with a small um, uh, pin at the back that looks like it's made for an earring. And he says, these are a variation of sending stones. Um, communicators for you guys to, if for any reason you get separated, um, you'll be able to contact each other. Ooh. Can I clip one to, like, the, the front, the top of the front shell? I can have, like, a theater mic down there. Or oh, I won't be able to hear, huh? Yeah, Artie kind of cocks his head. He says it has to be in contact with your head because it, the way it works, the magic kind of makes the sound into your ear and the closer to it is to your ear the easier it is um got a nose right <laughs> kind of well, you don't hear through your nose so no, the vibrations would work it has to be near the ear yeah. it depends if it's new ninja turtles or old ninja turtles oh yeah. okay i see what you mean. I'll, I'll tell you what how do you feel about wearing like a like a sweatband around your head i don't like it no i could do that ninja turtle mask well, I mean, you can, can go over his eyes. You can wear it as a ring if you'd like, but you'd have to hold your hand up to the side of your head every time you wanted to talk. I'm and you wouldn't down. be able to hold my hand flat to my head like a phone. I'm down. <laughs> you wouldn't. You wouldn't be able to hear it unless you had your hand pressed to your ear. But oh yeah, yeah, I like the headband. Can you just okay. stuff it. In, can we just stuff it in his ear? It's an earbud. <laughs> yeah. We certainly can. Um, I do have some um, non-permanent type glues that we could use to uh, secure it if he's down for that kind of thing as well. I just don't know how many people that want to shove a rock in their ear, but, you know, to each their own. I'll take a headband and wear a hat anyway and probably cover it. Do they have any okay. metal or are they all stone? They are stone. Okay. Asking for our party druid. Yeah, it looks like the, the backing of it is set in against a metal. Uh, but there it is, the front of it, at least where are the small runes, as you inspect it, there are a number of small runes uh, carved into it. Um, that as you pick it up and hold, um, you see them glow very, very faintly. Um, that makes it easier to make out the runes that are carved into it. But easy enough to, to affix to uh, if you already have an earring hole. And if you need your ears pierced, um, Artie offers to do that. New side to Artie. <laughs> okay, uh, that's settled. You guys will be able to communicate. Um, now for the more individual things. As I said, the bag of holding, I only have one of those. I have one of these. He pulls out what looks like a perfectly smooth ball of sea glass maybe it's like a fogged over it, it looks to be made of glass but it looks like the way sea glass does where it's textured and soft and uh, he says this is a drift globe if you guys are going into this darkness i would assume that you would need something whatever's hiding in there may be sensitive to light i'm i'm really not sure i'm trying to arm you best i can with what we have available and what i have is something that makes daylight so one of these, and I have two flash, uh, kind of like grenades. He pulls out these uh, two vials, and uh, they it looks like there's something small separating it, two different kinds of liquid on the inside. 
And he says, throw these to the ground. It'll create a sharp flash of light and should give you some kind of gain or advantage. Scare something away. Uh, but you only have two, so use them wisely. If we poured them into Vern and then shook him up, would he shine like a light bulb? Uh, no, he would spark and it would hurt him. Oh, I'd be turtle soup. The 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 combination is volatile, creating a large flash. It would. It's more Let like a magician throwing a smoke pellet to the ground than it is. Let us not cause the ranger's death prematurely. I agree. <laughs> so you guys can divvy these up best, uh, best you see fit. Um, oh, one more thing. He pulls out a larger stone. Um, but this one is more or less like a smooth river rock. And he, he moves that one forward. And he says, for the time being, this is how you'll be able to contact me if you need any assistance. Now, I don't know whether or not this will work once you're in the city. Because if it's, it's completely occluded from scrying. And I can't even pull this place up on the map. With, there's this huge amount of magical power being used. And it's not even so much as a hint of light on my map. So, while I hope that you'll be able to contact me if anything should go wrong, I ju I'm just not sure. But take it with you either way. I'll keep mine on me. And uh... how does it work? Yeah, oh, you just it pick it up, talk into it, and uh, I'll be able to hear it on mine. And he holds up um, a similar stone. What is it called? A sending stone. Is there a receiving stone? They're just, they both, you know what? I feel like you guys are trying to goad me. It's too early. And he takes a, he like finishes off his cup of coffee. And uh, he, he looks at everybody. He says, I have to chase down whatever thing is causing trouble with the warehouse. I extend a hand for a low five. <laughs> Make a slide of hand check to see if you're seen by Artie. Or stealth check, I'm sorry. Or sleight of hand works. Because that's a natural 20. You're trying to be sly with your hands. I'll definitely take that. And uh, you you do it under the table real slow. And Artie's not really looking at you because, like, he doesn't expect that kind of thing from you. But Gibtalar, you see uh, under the table, you see a hand as Ramir uh, moves, like, for a low five. I, I give him a low five. <laughs> Artie does not see a dang thing as you guys... Uh, <laughs> as you guys exchange this. And um, uh, he's just... Gonna... He... Oh, sorry, go ahead. He continues talking as if nothing happened. He's just like, so there's... A... I don't know if there's a magic thing going on, but the magic suppressors are supposed to be going full force, and there's this... late, And he starts rambling about ley lines and how nothing of this should be happening, and the warehouse is upset, and he talks about the warehouse almost as if it's sentient, as he's complaining about what he has to do while you guys are gone. Um... But he, he takes a breath after a moment and then looks around at you guys and he goes, well, as soon as you're done your eating, uh, give a ring to, to Lena and she'll be transporting you there. Um, when you, oh, of course, when you're ready to come back, um, hopefully the sending stone will work and you'll be able to call for a ride. If for any reason you guys are not able to get a hold of us, um, Felderwind is southwest of Talonstad. And you should be able to uh, to get there. Um, rendezvous, rendezvous with us there if for any reason 
Did I spell that right? Uh, no D at the end. I spelled their win. Mm-hmm. Uh, he pulls out a map and gives you a map uh, of the area and uh, marks where Felderwin is and also where Talonstad is and makes a smaller circle uh, where where he believes Lena is going to be transporting you. He says you guys should be able to walk uh, due east into the village. Um, like I said, the, the Sending Stone should work uh, until you get to the actual magical suppression whatever is going on there and even then it might work we're not sure so give it a test when you get there and uh best of luck hey um okay. as he's getting ready to leave i'm gonna bundle up one of the two stacks of collages i made before i dumped the rest into our bag and give it to him he looks down the hallway uh almost to see if lena is watching and uh, he takes them gratefully and slips them into his, like, uh, he's got, like, a messenger bag. And uh, he nods and uh, kind of claps your shoulder and, well, good luck. Thanks. We'll, uh, we'll call you if shit goes south, or maybe we won't. Who knows? <clears throat> yeah, first mission out, so uh, don't die. Okay. Well, uh, so, pull any more cards out of the deck of many things while you're gone. <laughs> I'm going to move those to the dark vault because they are acting up. Ooh, so. what's that? I'll give you a manual on the warehouse when you guys get back. Like the oh. light bulb, but they turned off all the all the lights. They didn't pay their power bill for that side. <laughs> no, it's kept in complete magical darkness. It's suppressed in a whole different way. It's for some of the worst of the worst things uh, are kept it's under special and depressed because it's dark. I'm Thanks. going now. He, he nods and, and, and leaves and uh, you guys are left around the table. Okay, so I, I pick up the uh, the drift globe. Does it look like something that if I sort of set up a, basically a shepherd's hook on the back of my chair could be hung like a lantern so that it could give us light without uh, taking up a hand. So it has, um, as you pick it up, sticking to the bottom is a paper, and as you pull the paper away on it, it, it tells you how to use it. So if you say FOSS, F-O-S, FOSS, it will activate the drift globe, and it'll make uh, it as if there is daylight in your hand. It, it'll light a room as if it is daylight. And it lasts for about an hour a day. <clears throat> and uh, and then you say N-O-X knocks to uh, to uh, extinguish it. So it has an hour of runtime of battery, essentially, a day. Okay. Um, but does it look like it's something that I could once it's activated, sort of hang so that I'm not having to hold on to it? Absolutely, yes. It does not need to be to be held to be active. So if you have, um, you could easily, like, like, you know how people hang uh, potted plants with, like, small bits of rope? You could easily, like, create a small piece like that to, to hang, to suspend the globe from anything. Like a little thing, yeah. Yeah. 
So kind of looking at that, I, I look to see, um, looking at what I have and to kind of what's around, see if there's a way that I can set up a, a hanging system for it so that we can use it that way. And, um... We can go hands-free. Go hands-free. Yeah, I'm all about hands-free. Um, yeah. Do I see anything, like, around so that I could, you know, sort of build that and get one of the guys to attach it onto the back of the chair? Actually, um, a little bit. So, um, I could always, you know, stand up and kind of affix it if needed. Uh, yeah, like I said, there are a number of um, plant holders that people put potted plants in to suspend them. And as, as you look around in the next room over, uh, Lena has a number of plants suspended in the same way. So you can grab some of that. Um, it's a small, softer, like, corded rope that you can pull down and use in that way. You pick up one of the smaller ones, and, and it can be adapted easily. And uh, Lena, Lena comes in as, as you're kind of looking around at him and sees what you're trying to do and uh, flies up to the ceiling to, to detach it and brings it down to you. Thank you, Lena. And I get that set up and kind of explain to the guys what I'm doing as I go. Um, and rig that up so that we have it. I'm going to take the big sending stone. The Farnsworth? <laughs> I mean, what? And you, guys, you guys have not gotten a Farnsworth yet. That is later. <laughs> I also yeah. give you guys aren't trusted with all the toys yet. The other stack of collages. <laughs> Lena smiles and uh, puts them on the kitchen counter and she, she thanks him and she nibbles on the corner of one while you guys finish up. Yeah. They took the rest for us, but I figured it'd be nice to leave some for her. And... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How, how, uh, how food things are going to be there. I figured it'd be safer to stockpile. <coughs> yeah. Okay. So, um, uh, now who is taking the, like, the, the flashbang things? I feel and like I... the, someone took the red bag, right? Wistaria has yeah, the red bag. The red bag is in my, uh, my wheelchair pack. Perfect. Uh, so I feel like I could hang on to the, the flashbangs. I got the, the throwing arm. Perfect. Okay, so you can add... Uh, just put in your inventory that you have two flashbangs. Uh, now, the Drift Globe is an actual magical item that you can add in your D&D Beyond if you so choose. Um, I could also do that for you too on my end. Um, I'll add it to my to-do list and we'll see if I get it done in the next day or two. I have tomorrow off, so you know. I'm just not in D&D Beyond at the moment. No problem. Okay, so um, so you guys finish up. The drift globe is uh, a fixed lantern style. Uh, the rest of the stuff is divided up. Um, Lena looks around as she finishes her collage and nods well. If you guys are ready, um, just follow me outside. And she, she flies to the front door and uh, waits to see if you guys follow. I finish off my hot chocolate and follow. I make sure my cloak is nice and snug and follow after I put the bag of holding around my shoulder. I top off my coffee and then follow. 
I chugged my watered down orange juice. Ew. <laughs> <laughs> All the ice is melted. Okay. She she leads you down the path uh, to where the tree line is, and uh, she stops in front of a particularly a, oh my gosh particularly large uh, evergreen tree, and she says, um, "As soon as I cast this, you'll have only a moment. You'll pass through here, and on the other side, the town is." maybe a hundred yards from where I was able to find this, so you'll be able to see it. Um, it's kind of hard to miss. Best of luck. Does everybody have their earrings in? I nod. Okay. Sort of. Yes. It should be relatively easy to activate. Just um, reach up and touch it and give it a little bit of a squeeze. Any bit of pressure will allow you to activate it and uh, you'll be able to speak in here through the palms um, and then just a, a secondary bit of pressure will will turn it back off so that you're not getting constant feedback okay everybody ready and she she turns away from you and runs her hand down the front of the tree and it pushes this bit of light pushes away from it and creates this archway that allows you to see into it and on the other side you see um hillside and and mountain and she completely different from the, the surrounding forest that is around you and she looks back to you guys and steps out uh, like flutters out of the way and begins gesturing for you to walk through walk through i roll through okay, <laughs> okay. So, as you guys all move through to the other side, uh, she stays on uh, her side of the of the archway and waves. And as you guys step out onto the other side, you guys see that the the tree is also a tree on this side, but on this side it is a large oak tree. And as you guys step out, um, you get a brief glance at Lena before the archway dissolves and standing behind you is just a regular tree. Vern, why did you say oh? I was gonna say, can you have Lena make a perception check? <laughs> a deception check? Perception. Oh. Sure. Why? What'd she get? <laughs> well, she has a pretty high passive perception, so what exactly are you trying to hide? I was gonna say if she rolled high enough right as I walk through the portal, she sees a little tiny like wooded head peek up out of the back of my shell and look at her. <laughs> and then we disappear. She she definitely would have seen it. And she's noticed it from the minute you walked in, actually. Um and you notice that in your room there was a small bowl of things for them to eat that she had set aside for them. Um Apparently, Vern is hiding a pet. <laughs> and she gives a smile that you miss uh, because the little face that peeked up at her uh, was behind you. And as you kind of adjust oddly to kind of tuck it back in and hide it. Uh, yeah. Okay, thank you. Mm -hmm. Can I make a perception check now that we're here? Absolutely. Make a perception. Plus zero. Fifteen. Fifteen. That's probably high enough, right? The oh. air is cold. 
up here in the mountains. It's definitely a little bit higher up than you guys um, probably were where Grimglear is. And you're looking around. The path that you guys are on looks weeded over as if it hasn't been used. You can tell that maybe there was once a road here, but it's been so long since the trail's been used that most of the wildlife has retaken it. Um, you see a small cluster of trees behind you and farther up the road, as the, the road steadily climbs, um, you see almost, at first, it looks like it's a void, like as if there's a hole ahead of you, but your eyes adjust and it looks more like a dome, a large black shadowed dome. It's hard to tell how large it is as you guys are lower uh, than it. But it definitely stretches to the sides of the mountain uh, in this kind of canyon that you guys are in. Or not not canyon, I would say valley. In this kind of valley that you guys are in between the two. What did you say the dome looked like? Was it just uh, like a black. dark? It's just, it's just black and dark. Okay. Inky blackness? Inky blackness. I feel like we're supposed to head towards that scary-looking thing. Rumair just nods and starts walking. Okay. As you move slowly up the steep trail, you hear the sound of a crow call overhead, and you spot a sign that warns you from going any further. I'm still walking. Yeah, and I'm following. Interesting. Could I make a check just for like any kind of footprints or anything out of place in the surrounding area, like somebody trying to ambush or hide? Make a survival check. Survival. Survival. Uh, 19. 5, 24. 24. You're watching the ground carefully as you guys move forward, and you see a number of tracks that look like animal that have moved in there, and even a number of those seem relatively old. None of them look particularly fresh to you. Um, the earth here is slightly damp, but more from um, general morning dew than anything. And even as you guys are slowly creeping towards afternoon, um, most of the, the dampness is beginning to dry out. And uh, It's almost, other than the bird that you guys heard overhead, you're not hearing a lot of animal chatter. It's a bit barren here as you guys leave that those cluster of trees behind you. Mm. Okay. Yeah, I'm following, I guess. come after we got through the sign or before it? Other than the, the, like I said, you guys had a small cluster of trees where you guys stepped out of. It looks like Lena can only travel by tree. And so whatever, when he said that she scouted ahead, it looks like she scouted to the closest tree. And outside of that small cluster, there isn't much here. It's pretty much rocky and like dead grasses and <coughs> um, <coughs> deserty bushes. <laughs> 
So when I say barren, I just mean that there aren't a lot of tall trees or lush vegetation. It is very much rocky and... Makes sense for high up in the mountains. The higher you go, the smaller the trees get. Exactly. Which I feel like Rumir might know. I don't know. Yeah, I feel that Rumir... Uh, make make an ins- mm, make a nature check. Nature, nature. Seventeen. Yeah, this this is not off putting to you in any way. This seems normal for this elevation, and um, <clears throat> while the lack of animal chatter makes you a little bit nervous, because most areas should still have insects and anything making noise of that nature and there isn't much here but the the call of the crow um gave you a little bit of comfort because there is life here which you know makes you a little bit more comfortable but uh as far as the vegetation and stuff goes this all seems normal to you walking still going you guys enjoying the nice cool air kind of feels like home um just ahead as you guys get closer uh, you can see the dome, and your vision doesn't penetrate what's on the other side. It seems like supernatural shadow, and the closer you get, the more wispy it looks, almost like contained smoke. Dark black ink swirling in front of you because it almost reaches out to you. Not in a menacing way, but... Just that it is not a perfectly shaped dome. It is wispy. I want to kind of reach like and touch it with my quarterstaff. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. Okay. You guys get close enough to touch the dome. And as you, as uh, Rumir and Vern pull out something to kind of prod at the the darkness you feel resistance as if you were pressing against a film it pushes back very strange should we pop it or go around see if there's anything different uh well it it feels like you're pushing something thicker than air. <clears throat> While you can still, it feels like you would very, you would still be able to move through it and follow this path into the bubble. It just feels like there is a film around the outside of it that gives it structure. Uh, so Rumi d- looks at the others and says, feels like mud. <clears throat> did the staff pierce it? Like, did it go in? It seemed to. Does it feel like if I feel the staff, does it feel any warmer or colder than it did before? No. Okay. May I roll an arcana check? Sure. 11. It's definitely magical. And it seems that they're at, that this is the barrier of it. And it's just trying to maintain its shape and that you guys would be able to move through it without issue. Okay. Okay. Before we go into it, I feel like we should uh, make sure that we don't get 
get separated. Maybe um, tie ourselves together with a length of rope. Uh, do we want to go like all one rope or should we do like buddy system? Uh, do you really want to have us in two pairs and not know, be able to know where each other is? Yeah, true. We might not be able to see once we pass through. <laughs> That's my concern. All right. Yeah, I'm good to go. Let's, let's tie up. I pull out, I'll pull out rope and I'll start tying my wrist to whoever's next to me and then to whoever's next to them. And eventually, I'm guessing maybe just to your chair or to your wrist. No, I should be somewhere in the middle. We can kind of tie it so that if need be, if I turn on the globe, mm. it'll hopefully get all of us. Okay, so we'll do that. Okay. How much uh, rope in between? Each person. So you probably have a 50-foot length of rope. Are you yeah. putting in an even amount in between everybody, or are you just using a section of the rope? How much space between each person? Just using a section. We don't want to get too far apart. Maybe like three or four feet between each of us. Okay. Six feet. Yeah. Five between each of us. Five so between that, each. Because uh, that way I can still potentially use my lance and we... Five between each of us. Potentially use your lance and not drag off your neighbors. <laughs> I'd rather not kill y'all or hurt y'all or anything, you know. Okay. And could I tie a loop on, on my end instead of tying it to my wrist and hook it to, like, uh, like my belt? Where I mean, if we're only using five feet between each of us, we can put you on the one end and give you all the slack. Yeah, because I just, I just need both my hands. With I don't want the rope getting in the way of shooting and stuff. You got it. Okay, so uh, you secure that to you, maybe even around your shield, the straps, like, feeding it through that way or something. But um, either way, you secure yourselves. And uh, who are you guys all going through at the same time? Is someone going first? Um, How are you proceeding? I think it would be smart to go one at a time with Ramir, with just given how big and therefore heavy he is. Going in last, just in case, uh, like we feel like we're getting pulled in, he can hopefully try to pull us back. I have lots of strength. Well, not lots, but I am strong. My feeling. Yeah, that sounds good. I'll I'll, uh, I'll be at the front of the line. I could be the test dummy. <laughs> Tug once for us to be able to go through. Tug twice if we can't. Uh, tug a bunch if you're panicked. All right. <laughs> okay, so... I'll go second then. If I yeah. feel panicked tugs, I pull back. Yes. Okay, so Vern, you are at the front of the line. What do you do? Uh, I'm going to hold my staff out first and just pierce my way through and get past see if I could breathe and see anything on the other side. Okay, you step forward and you feel that initial resistance, but you step through. And I feel normal. I can breathe. I can see. We'll get to that in just a moment. Um, the rest of you, you guys see <clears throat> Vern step forward and after just a, just a moment of him moving into that space, the the shadow kind of almost resists him 
to accept him, but then eventually it covers him and you guys seemingly lose sight of him. The rope is sticking out behind him, or it is sticking out straight from the end of the 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 darkness and it looks like the the inky swirling tendrils that you guys had seen as you approached um slowly begin moving their way up the rope almost as if now that it has something to hold on to it is moving towards you Gibtolar what do you do I cast light on the rope Okay. To see if the light scares away the darkness. Okay. Um, let me... <clears throat> 20-foot sphere. Uh, 10 feet. 20-foot radius. Okay. It gives off a soft light. And the tendrils that were moving towards you seem to hesitate and are now hovering around the rope, but pretty close to it. It doesn't drive it off by any means. Not in a way that you would expect. Y'all seeing this? <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure what to make of it. This is not normal. Um, can I get... Gibtalar, Romir, and Wasari, can you guys mute your headphones for just a moment until I give you the okay in chat? Oh boy. Oops. No. When I accidentally mute K instead of doing <laughs> the proper thing. Um. Yep, there you go. Okay, Vern, yeah. as you step through and it accepts you on the other side, um, you go to reach behind you and put your hand up against it, it's a solid wall. It's as if black glass covers the area behind you. You feel for the rope, and you run your hand against it, and you can't move the rope, and you can't move backwards, and your whole body is coated in this, like, oily ichor. Your your hands are covered. Your shell is covered. The small... The small twig lights that are hiding uh, amongst you shiver in just disgust as you are completely coated. Your clothes stick to you. It's, it's gross. And it's also concerning that you can see n n almost nothing. You don't have anything on you, but after a moment of trying to adjust, you see the light around I don't know if you did you tie it around your waist or no I looped it and I hooked it to my belt okay so you get this moment of as you're adjusting to this oily nature that is covering you you look down and the rope is giving off this faint bit of light and it illuminates a little bit around you not very much you're able to kind of see the ground you're standing on but this magical darkness is engulfing you, and it's uncomfortable. Since there's light around the rope, can I move it back and forth, or is it still solid? As you go to feel where the rope is connected to the wall, you try to give it a tug. It doesn't move. It looks like it feels as if the wall is holding the rope in a tight fist and not allowing it to move forward or backwards. 
Okay, and I can't see more than like a foot in front of me or nothing at all? You're, you can barely make yourself out with the light that the rope is giving off. Okay. If you hold your hand out, extend your hand out all the way, you wouldn't be able to see your hand. You, if you hold it close to your body, you can, you can make out yourself because of the rope that is tied. Okay, now can I, can I push against the black stuff? Can I move through it at all, or is it solid to me as well? No, as you turn around and try to make your way back in the direction you came or anything, as you press against that, it seems that you are stuck in this town now. It will not let you go back the other way. If you pull on the rope, it gives a little bit in your direction, but it doesn't allow you to push it back the other way. Okay. How do I feel? Though? Like, is it I can breathe normal? You can breathe normal. Do I hear anything? Where you're at, make a perception check. Uh-oh. Uh, 10. My passive no. is 15. No. Where you're at right now, it just seems like it's, it's quiet and it's dark. And you can't really smell much because this oily substance is all over you. And it doesn't have a strong smell. It just kind of smells kind of earthy. But it's, it's, just, it's so distracting that you can't really make much else out. The, the darkness itself is, is enough to freak you out a little bit. Okay. Okay. So I'm going to invite everybody else back. Okay, hold on. Before you do, I'm just going to pull the little bit of slack I have on the rope towards me once just it in is, like an inch it is like pulling it's like pulling apart a really like a like a like taffy kind of like it's very slow and you can it's it's tough to pull it in your direction um it it's moving very slowly but it is allowing you to move the rope ever so slightly in your direction okay and if I tap on my headband can and say can you guys hear me are you seeing any of this do i get you, static or you activate your your stone and begin speaking and you don't get a reply right away okay, okay. let me get everybody else in we're back okay so you guys uh watch Vern disappear you see Gibtalar cast light on the rope. You you see Gibtalar cast light on the rope and oh, hold on, Dubs isn't with us. Right in back. Okay, back. okay. So um, after Gibtalar cast light on the rope, um, you feel it. You see it move in to the darkness a little bit more. Um. You're not sure if that's Vern moving or what it is, but um, it moves into there a little bit more. You guys are standing on the other side. What's everybody doing? Uh, waiting for rope tugs. Yeah, I'm, I'm starting to grip on the, the rope pretty tight because I'm pretty uneasy and I'm a little nervous that he's uh, going to need help. Should I pull? Should we pull him back? It's moving. It's moving farther into it just very slowly. I'm going to give up, like, two quick tugs to remind Vern that he's supposed to tug on the rope. It seems you give it quick tugs. It seems to not pull, like, when you hold a bit of rope and you, like, 
give it slack and then pull on it. Mm-hmm. You expect it to give in a certain way. The amount of rope, it seems like you're pulling from a fixed point. And the fixed point being where the where the inky blackness starts. Rather than where you would imagine Vern is. You know what I mean? Uh, I don't. Like the, I reach uh, up to my, I reach up to the earring and squeeze it and say, "Vern, Vern, can you hear us?" You, as soon as you activate your earring, you hear a small bit of static, as if somebody is speaking into it. You're having make a perception check. Yeah, I'm gonna turn mine on too because we should have done that earlier. Yeah, well, I see. Twelve I as well. You're, you can tell that somebody is speaking into it, but it's so covered in static that you're not able to make out the words. It doesn't sound panic. It just sounds like somebody is speaking to you and you can't make out the words. Damn. All right. I'm going in. Okay. Give Talar, you walk forward. You guys see as Gibtlar uh, nods his head and moves into the darkness. And just like Vern, he is engulfed. And you guys no longer see him. And as soon as he does that, I, you know, having scrozed and turned on my hearing as well, I say, oh, Gibtlar, can you hear us? Are you there? I I don't know. (laughs) Gibtlar... Do you, you on the other side can hear her? Yes, I can hear you. Wistari, you hear hear static in your ears. Okay, I hear static. You hear static as if somebody, again, it's a voice. It's just hard to make out. It sounds like just white noise. But like the white noise doesn't sound panic. He did not sound panicked. It, did, it didn't sound like a bunch of words in a rush. It didn't have a high volume. Okay. Looks um, okay on my end. I'm waiting to see what the other two are doing. I don't want to have to. I can make them mute again if you'd like. But uh, Given that I heard him, I almost immediately start to follow in. Kind of look at Rumir like. And for a. In for a penny, in for a pound, but that's in for a copper, in for a gold. What's a penny? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. You, uh, not hearing a panicked voice on the other end, you roll forward and move into the darkness. (gasps) And Rumir, you see, uh, just as the others, Wistari is enveloped. I say in giant, (laughs) well... Here I am. Are you not ready to follow us? I just, and then I muttered to myself in giant. Oh, fuck. Here goes nothing. And just walking right in. Eyes closed. Okay. Stepping, stepping into the darkness feels like passing through an oily membrane. There's a subtle feeling of changing pressure. But reaching behind yourself, you can feel solid wall you realize you guys won't be able to leave it's like black glass behind you you can't even see 
the trail or the roadway that you guys were walking on behind you. Looking around, the the light that uh, the Gibtalar cast on the rope is enough that you can make out just the barest outline of yourselves as this magical darkness is oppressive around you. The darkness seems to nibble greedily at the edges of the light that you've brought with you, reducing the illumination to a dim flicker. A slimy sheen covers... Can I, can I shoot a at slimy... the shadows? <laughs> it doesn't seem to cause much of an effect. A slimy <clears throat> sheen seems to cover every surface, including you and your equipment. Touching your skin, you can feel that oily, just ichor that seems to coat everything as you pass through you shuffle your feet at the ground and it feels like this coating is on everything up ahead the trail continues you don't see any sense of the town because the darkness is as i said oppressive against you um well so i reach up to the drift globe and say foss and activate it. You're I'll able to get light. A, a fair amount of light in this area. And while already described this as daylight, you would describe this as a weak night light. It lights the area around you maybe 10 feet ahead. And it's dim here. It's fighting hard against the darkness that is pressing on you. But... You're able to see that the trail continues and seemingly towards the town. At the edge of the light, you can see another sign that says, Outsiders not welcome. I'm going to point to that and say, Well, I. They say not welcome. I think that's the right way to go. I mean, technically, now we're insiders because we're inside their barrier, but. That's uh, semantics. Are we yeah, connected I'm a still? To them too, like, sorry, guys, I tried to tug. <laughs> yeah, I yes. can untie ourselves if we want. Mm. But, oh, but we're, we didn't get disconnected. It just was weird. No, you guys are still very much connected. And Gibtalar, when you moved through, the rope stayed at the point that you move through. So once your entire body was through, it was like pulling against... It was if somebody on the other side was holding it tight. Like you had to struggle to get any kind of slack on the other side of the wall the same way that Vern did. So mm. you got all the way through and then when it was just the rope, it took some pulling to be able to move away from the wall until the next person was beginning to move through. Interesting. But all the ropes in now, right? There was no slack left out of the wall now that he's the last one. No, Romero was at the end of end of the other yeah, side. You had all the slack. We gave all the slack to you, Vern. Perfect. Uh, I guess we should just keep walking, but yeah. I'm going to draw my scimitar. Okay. It's not cool. <clears throat> yeah, I'm definitely trading my uh my quarterstaff out for the bow. 
I'm going to cast light on my shield instead of on the rope, so we can put the rope away. Okay. So we have an extra source of light, and then also draw my sword. Okay. The the darkness here seems to be resistant against not only any any of you that have dark vision, but also the light spell that what? you've cast. Where normally dark. it would give you a twenty foot sphere, it's barely moving away from itself. Like you can tell it's lit because you're holding it and you're looking at it, but it's having trouble even illuminating you yourself. It's giving very minimal light around you. Maybe two feet from yourself. Okay. Um, as can you guys... I, hmm? I try using the big sending stone to call home? Just to give an update? Sure. To see if it works. Okay. You you give that a squeeze. What do you say into it? Um, his name is Artie, right? I totally break part for a second there. <laughs> yes. Hey, Artie, um, we just got into the the black shenanigans. I wanted to check in and see if this is actually working or not while we're in it. Um, if you can understand us, let us know. If not, you'll probably say, what? And we'll know that it doesn't work. So. Hi. Hello? God damn it, I knew the stupid thing. Work in the dumb town, and I sent it with you. Anyways, I should have sent you with a Farnsworth. God. Okay. Um. Hopefully, you can hear me. I don't know whether or not it's blocking all forms or just incoming or outgoing. But uh, either way, all I'm getting is static. It sounds like you're like scrubbing this on some. Uh, it's just it's real bad. It's like you're running it through sand and bottom of the ocean. I don't know. It's loud. It's unpleasant. Um. Hopefully it works when you get back out or whenever you bag the artifact. Um, I should have taught you guys more code. All right, well, uh, good luck. I guess uh, scream into it if something bad happens. Yeah, because that'll work. <laughs> okay. You so know, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't understand what you said because it was static, but it sounded snarky. And uh, I'm going to take that as offensive. <laughs> Good luck. Pretty high, pretty high insight check. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, I let everybody else know, although they probably figured it out that the uh, the stone no worky. That's reassuring. Um, when we if we like swing our arms or say the the quarter staff or anything, does it move normal like freely? Yes, yes. There, it's not like you're moving underwater or anything. Uh, you guys are coated in this gross, oily substance, but it doesn't seem like that's in the air by any means. Okay, I was just curious, because it, it seems like if I shot an arrow, though, it would fly normal. Yes, it does seem that way. Okay. I guess we continue. Yeah. Okay. You guys continue up the path, and uh, as you get to the sign that says, Outsiders Not Welcome, um just in front of that as you're as you get to that your light that um is created by the drift globe illuminates what looks like a ramshackle barricade logs and tables are nailed to one another in an attempt to keep out intruders no one seems to be guarding it though and the gate is wide open um but there are a number of additional crude signs that say things like turn back now and we don't want you here and 
outsiders not welcome. There's just all kinds of, of these signs that are discouraging you from moving forward. Is there any of those like one word signs like on a highway and you have to keep going to read the whole sentence? <laughs> no. <laughs> um that was an appropriate gift for the situation. <laughs> uh okay, so you guys get up to the uh are you you guys are continuing forward? Mhm. Yes. I mean, you know why I'm continuing forward. <laughs> yeah, so uh, as you, you get to the gate, um, as I said, it is it is slightly open, and uh, looking around, it doesn't look like there's anybody here. There's not like um, a city guard or anything that you would expect in this kind of space. Um, should standing we, guard. Should we knock? <laughs> it's up to you. Would you like to knock on the I open gate? Just really quickly and suggest, should I cast Disguise Self? Should No, stay scary. Am I scary? You're tall. Especially for me. This is true. This is very wise. No, it'll be fine. I hope so. And if it's not, we'll just beat them up. He says that now. <laughs> I'm putting that in my notes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you guys are entering the gate? Uh, yes. yes. I'm going to lightly okay. knock on the wood on my way through. <laughs> She's rolling. Okay. Oh, jeez. <laughs> you, you move in through the gate. Uh, Gibtlars, you move when it's your turn to pass through. You give a slight knock, and everybody else gets through. On the other side of the gate, um, as you move forward, it looks like this was once the center of something, um, a, a nexus of sorts, because the road is wide and it seems to go off in a number of directions, and it's difficult to see where anything goes because the square that you're standing in is larger than the sphere of light that you have. Oh, good. So which way would you guys like to go? Because as you stand here, you have the gate at your backs and emptiness in front of you. We go left, right, or straight? Uh, I vote straight. Straight ahead. I like it. Okay. Okay. As you begin moving into the village, um, your, our earbuds work now that we're all inside, right? I mean, we're standing right here. Transmitter lightning stones. Because I'm standing right here. Well, right, but like, could we send multiple people off in multiple directions to split the party? Bye. That's never a good idea. Always a good idea. Is it though? Well, it depends. But well, then we can split up a search for clues. Um. Well, you've got a little bit of light, and I've got this light. What else can we do? 
Um, I can start campfires with a small campfires or like light torches with a cantrip, but that's about it. We have torches, right? <laughs> I mean, imagine we, I do have a torch and I have a tinderbox. But I don't imagine a small flame is going to do better than a magical orb that's supposed to create daylight. Right, but like, I'm just sure so I we think, have extra light sources. Honestly, I think like, we should stick together no matter what we do with light. Yeah, that's fair. We can all search for clues by the Batmobile together. <sighs> oh, Wyatt. <laughs> oh gosh. Okay. Oh. So, you guys are moving straight all together. Is that what you said? Apparently. Yes. Okay. So you guys begin moving forward, and uh, slowly the outlines of buildings begin to come into view as you guys look like you're walking down. Uh, as the road seems to narrow a bit, giving you just enough of a feeling that there is an actual town here. And you guys are just getting to that as uh, you begin to hear the sounds of trade ahead. And the familiar chant of commerce rings out as vendors of all types announce prices and virtues of their wares. Seems maybe, maybe a quarter mile ahead. Uh, it's market day. Food is good. Huh? Anyone want to go shopping? Always. <laughs> what is it with you and spending money? Look, sometimes <laughs> it's good to have stuff. <clears throat> we have stuff. We have possessions. <laughs> but we could have more possessions. <laughs> But why? Okay. As you guys uh, bicker about this on the way into this area, um, you find an open-air marketplace uh, lit by a ring of torches with a fountain in the center that is dry. Um, the, the fountain sits at, at the center. And it looks like maybe six vendors around in a circle, uh, maybe a dozen shoppers moving about, uh, trying to make deals and trading goods. They all look relatively normal from what you can see in the dim light, um, but they are all the same, covered in this oily ichor, um, but going about their business as if nothing is wrong. Um, what kind of wares are they selling? You find, uh, tables with bolts of fabric, it looks like, on some of them. Um, a vendor selling, uh, like, necklaces and trinkets. Um, on the other side, you have people that are selling, like, fruits and vegetables. Um, the other one's uh, petitioning for work and, you know, have a, have a, like a table set up for anybody that needs repairs and that kind of thing for the houses. Um, you see one woman that looks like she is, uh, she's got one of the larger booths 
um, <coughs> set, set up, and it looks like there are a number of bread loaves sitting on the on the trays. And what, as you guys move around, um, you guys, there's a couple things that you guys pick up on. One, as you guys move around in this area, nobody is making eye contact with you. In fact, a number of them, even when they have to move around you, give no acknowledgement to your presence. It's as if you guys are furniture pieces almost. Because they, they, even if you attempt to speak as you move into the area, no, no acknowledgement towards you guys. And the second thing that you notice is that as you get closer, a number of the stands, like the one that is selling fruits and vegetables, the stuff on the tray looks rotted and old and almost petrified. Can, can I take the bottom of my quarterstaff and try to like, like tap somebody's ankle to make them stumble a little bit while they're walking? I was actually thinking I was just going to reach out and try to grab somebody's shoulder. Yeah, as you guys attempt to make somebody acknowledge you, um, Vern, as you stick your staff out to trip somebody, they stumble and then look at the ground and um, quickly write themselves and go back immediately to what they were doing. Um, Rumair, as you attempt to grab the shoulders of somebody, um, as you push against them, they, they immediately turn and like try to fight off something and then they seeming like go out of like their eyes go out of focus as if they're not comprehending the situation and as you let them go they immediately go back to what they were doing walking across the square or talking with somebody or it's odd um. as you guys move around this circle the only person seeming that seems to meet your eye is the woman hawking bread and she looks you guys in your face as you move in that direction and uh, begins calling out, Oh, over here! Fresh made bread! Only a silver piece per loaf! Made fresh this morning! Is the does bread it actually look fresh? Yeah, does the bread look fresh? If the fruit doesn't. As you guys move forward and look at the bread and kind of touch a piece of it, not only is it covered in the same ichor that everything else that you yourselves are covered in, it is hard. It feels oh. petrified. It is. Certainly not edible. I wanna. Um, what language is she this... speaking? What? What language is she speaking in? What race are these folks? Most of the people here look to be uh, look to be human. While you did see one or two dragonborns around the circle, um, it it is predominantly human here. Also, while they're at the stand, I'd like to be like 10 feet behind them and just kind of keeping an eye out. Okay, everybody else around you, Vern, is seemingly moving around as if you did not exist, as if you are invisible and that their world continues whether you are standing in that spot or not. Weird. For the rest of you, as you move towards the uh, towards the vendor to kind of inspect her where she gets excited, says... Oh my, we don't get outsiders here very often. Um, well, welcome. Um, can I offer you some bread? Yes. Oh, perfect. She, uh, she pulls out um, a very dirty cloth 
and wraps a piece of bread in it and uh, gesture and holds it forward towards you um, and holds her hand out for the silver. I give her a silver. Excellent. See, this is what I'm talking about. That Duke man, he just don't listen. We told him that this was going to hurt the commerce, not letting outsiders in and putting up all those signs. But, you know, what this is there? good. I'm sorry? You said who? Say that again. Uh, you said somebody? The, um, the, the Duke, the gentleman that runs the city, he's been telling that he doesn't want any outsiders in here, but apparently later today there's supposed to be some kind of ritual, and I hope it goes over well, because Lordy, I'd really like the town to go back to normal, you know. With, without uh, people moving through here and the trade slowing down, it's just been real slow of late. What, what kind of ritual? Oh, I'm not sure. I'm not up on any kind of that magic stuff, but you know... Anything to try to sell this bread, you know. You gotta get that bread, you know. I don't know how it is. It'd be like that. Um, we actually um would would love to speak with the Duke. Can you tell us uh where he might be or where we can find him? Oh well the hall is uh at the center of town. So where you turned off here to come to the market, I assumed you came through the front gate. Um so instead of turning left into the market, if you just keep heading straight down towards, uh, straight down that center road, uh, it'll lead to the the manor down that way. I thought we went uh, But he, I would say he really, really doesn't like outsiders and, um, you know, it just might be dangerous for you. So um, just be careful. Are, are you sure you just don't want to buy some stuff and, and head back home? Uh, well, I was asked to uh, to give something to the Duke while I was here in town, so uh, I just need to to find him and you know de- deliver that uh, that personal That's item, good. and then we uh, we probably will be on our way. Don't you worry. Uh, alrighty, maybe something to help him sleep. I heard that was part of the problem, and that was why he driven off all those other folks. But um, oh God, well, if you're if you're if you're here to help, then then that that's all that's all well and good. So, <sighs> well, I'm entertained well, by the fact that she's talking to a dwarf in a wheelchair, uh, Asimar with a an oni mask on and a furball, and is not terrified out of her mind. Essentially, a forest giant. <laughs> <laughs> Scary. I just have pink hair. <laughs> if anything, Mystery is adorable. Mm. We didn't see any dwarves, Jimmy. Mm, predominantly human. Other than like the one or two maybe dragonborn folk that you saw, this town looks... I mean, there's not a large number of people here in the square, but it looks predominantly human. As I approach the, the stall with the rest of them, I'm going to ask her, why, why are you the only one that could see us? Only one? No, those other folks can see you. I think that they're just pretending they don't like outsiders much. Um. I, I'm not sure. I'm just trying to make a sale. Like I said, I think the trade should be open back up through here. I think it was wrong that he drove off all those other people, but you know, only really people that was born and raised here have been sticking around. But why does the do? And he's trying to. He's. I'm. I'm guessing everyone's speaking common right now. Yes. yes. So very slowly, Rumir is just going to say, "Why does the Duke not like?" Outsiders? Oh, I'm not rightly sure. Um, it happened all kind of suddenly. Um, well, we heard that the, the, the Duke uh, 
was having trouble sleeping and he had a bunch of these magic folk come and uh, apparently there was some kind of thing that was supposed to help him sleep. Um, but as soon as they showed up with it, he began acting all kinds of odd. Um, but a lot of the people here, mostly the Dragonborn, we had a number of refugees here. Um, once, I'm not really sure what rightly happened. My, my memories betraying me, but um, we had a number of them here, but he just began acting real odd and said that the town was closed to anybody that was born here. So a lot of them were sent on their way. Um, whatever that thing is, it was kept at the high hall. At the high hall? That's the, the hall that I told you where the Duke is? Right. Called the high hall. Is there a by hall? Um, not that I know of. Okay. So, uh, what's the deal with all the inky, <clears throat> inky, goopy, ickery, bull, gross stuff? I what do you mean? Like, it's oily and gross and weird. And I'm covered in it. I don't like it. I don't. I'm confused. You don't look to be covered in nothing to me. Uh, okay. As as she kind of pauses and uh, kind of tilts her head at you in confusion, you guys hear a high screech like that of a giant bird call out in the distance, and immediately panic erupts in the market as everyone begins throwing covers over their over their stalls and fleeing into the buildings. The woman in front of you, whose name you don't know, uh, her eyes go wide with some kind of horrible realization, almost as if memories are flooding her mind. And she goes, oh God, it's happening all again. And she grabs the two nearest her, which would be Gib Talar and Rumere, and she tugs you behind the stall. And it looks like it's like an open back, like... um because uh, the front of it is like stair steppered for the for the loaves to sit on, but the whole back is is hollow. And she pulls you down. And Rumiere, you're a little bit tall, but the the it's tall enough that you're able to sit on your butt underneath it. And she pretty much shoves you down with her, um, surprising strength for this young woman. And then she she turns to the rest of you, says, "Hide quickly, back here, hide." Hi, hi, and hide I now. Are there any uh, anything opaque that I can cover the <coughs> with? Just knocks it. <clears throat> but can't we only use it once a day? It has an hour worth of time on it. Okay. So you can turn it on and off. So I knocks it and... Um, I'm also going to cancel my light spell on my shield. Okay. Um, yeah, I dive and withdraw. Um, do I see anywhere where I can hide? Yeah, there... Behind the stall, the stall to you guys came up um, pr pretty tall. I would say chest high for some of you. So um, you can wheel behind there and be with them. And the, it will obscure you because there's not a lot of space between the stall and the wall behind it. But there's enough for you to get your chair behind there and at least yeah. okay. be hidden yeah. from view from the from the circle. She's pulling me down, but scimitars back out kind of in the red defensive and shield defensive positions. Okay. So uh, as 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 you guys begin getting behind the stall with her and Vern as you withdraw into your shell, she just goes, 
The eaters are coming. She bur- she buries her face in her arms and curls up into a ball, trying to make herself as small as possible um, in this area, area behind the stall. I'm intrigued. And, and slowly the entire area falls silent. So the loud noise and the din of commerce that you guys had heard before, you hear nothing. Save for the bird-like shrieking that you heard that cued this scramble as everyone hides best they can. The sound of stumbling boots produce echoes off the stone streets, and the distant screeches grow louder. And we see, like, are there gaps, like little gaps in the tears that we can see through? So we can see out into the um, <coughs> marketplace? Yeah. yeah, this isn't like the most well-built, perfect uh, tiers of, of wood, so you can kind of see in some of the cracks if you look out through it. Make a perception check for me as you look out into the square. Perception. I'm down too, if that's okay. Absolutely. Maddie, 20. 12. Okay. <coughs> um, as the distant screeches grow closer, a figure comes into view near the fountain, um, lit up by the, the ring of uh, firelight there. And des- dressed in tattered robes, he screams in panic, it's full of nightmares. It's full of nightmares. A hiss and a screech draw your eyes to a shadowy figure crawling on all fours with unnatural speed in pursuit of the fleeing man. The man attempts to jump for the fountain, but the shadowy figure leaps at, leaps at him first. There's this horrible noise as the man is grabbed in the shadow's jaws and dragged off into the darkness. Six more of these horrible monsters emerge from other areas around the square and pull commoners from their hiding places into the darkness. You watch from your hiding spot as on the opposite side of the square, these people are plucked and pulled. And then it's quiet. Can we attack the things as they're attacking people? Uh, I'm pretending yeah. I didn't see any of those people, so. <laughs> you hear. I don't like this. You, you hear a few muffled screams as the people are grabbed. But uh, wherever they're taken, as oh. soon as they leave the immediate view of the firelight, as they're pulled into the darkness, you don't hear anything. And the eaters don't appear to come back immediately. Can I do a quick nature check to see if I recognize these beasts? Sure. Uh, let's see here. Uh, it's probably a no. No, they Jeez. they look heavily cloaked and they are dark and they look <clears throat> they look like something out of a nightmare. They look unnatural, and while you don't know what they are, you know that they can't be anything good. Especially given that they are eating people. Alright. So now that they're gone, and it's quiet, I'm going to turn to our uh, Southern Hospitality Bell and ask her, one, what her name is, and two, what the fuck was that? She <laughs> is sobbing heavily into her hands and trying best she can to be quiet. And as you turn and begin speaking she immediately tenses up just and tries to shush you 
but in doing so is making more noise because she's hysterical. <laughs> and so she's like, shh, quiet! And then she's like, realizes how loud she's being. And then she was just, she just puts a hand up to her lips as if to shush. And then she's just shaking all over. And as the quiet permeates for just a moment, she begins to slowly relax. <sighs> I want to. And she is kind of just whimpering. I have an idea. To try to help her feel at ease, I want to cast Druidcraft. Um, I want to basically use the instantaneous harmless sensory effect and kind of create the smell of um, wildflowers. Ooh, nice. Her, her whimpering seems to fade <laughs> after a moment, but she's still sobbing pretty heavily. But she she seems to be fit enough to begin speaking, and she answers you, Gibtlar. There, that whatever that thing the Duke found, whatever they brought him, corrupted him. That ritual he did it, he completed it, and it plunged the city into this darkness. All he cares about is that damn box. When he, when he ordered the walls to be built and to forbid contact with outsiders, it was all to protect so that. Stupid, precious secret of a bot. But that wasn't enough. He commanded those magic people to perform that ritual. It's something that he learned from that box. It plunged the whole town into darkness and this unending nightmare. We just repeat it over and over. There's no escape. There's no escape. And she dissolves back into sobs. Tell me what her name was. Delilah. Delilah. Of course it was. <laughs> after, so I say, after, "Hey there, Delilah." <laughs> um, it's gonna be okay. She she seems to she like has her hands against the sides of her head as she's kind of rocking back and forth, and slowly the rocking stops, and her tears fade, and she wipes her face, and she's sitting there for a moment, and almost this glazed look comes over her eyes. And she stands up, and she pulls the cloth over from the top of the bread, and begins waving people down and selling bread as if you guys aren't standing right next to her, hiding beneath her cart. Her or her stand. She doesn't seem to acknowledge your presence. Son of a bitch. Is she so she's doing what everyone else was, where they're just looking down now. Seems like it. And a number of other stands have opened up again as well, and the din of conver- commerce returns. People begin moving about the square, but there is noticeably less people than there was just ten minutes before. I stole my shield and. Sheathe my scimitar, looking at Gib, and say, I suppose we must go see this duke. And liberate the artifact from him. See him, all right. Will probably be the last thing he sees. Asshole. Well, let's start with the artifact. I'm going to leave a collage on her thing and say, there you go, Delilah. As you as you pull it from your bag, it seems like the only thing that's not covered 
in this icker because that was kept in the the havers or in the bag of holding, right? Yeah, was yeah. it? Oh yeah, that's right. You were pulling. The... So yeah. as you you try to pull it out gingerly to not because your your hands are coated, your clothing is coated, your weapons are coated. So you you know you try to pull it out, you set it out for her, and uh, she doesn't notice it, but. You do Seeing so. that, I want to reach down into the bag of holding and grab the vat of the nullifier goo. Mm-hmm. And look at that. See if it's. See if it has this icker on it. You pull the jar out, and the only icker on it is what gets on it when your hands touch it. What if we? Curious. Can I dip my hand into the goo and see if it comes out without the icker? You want to put your icker hand into the jar of goo? Yes. Did Artie advise whether we should touch the nullifier? He recommended against it. He told he told you not to ingest it. Yeah, I was kind of asking the crowd, and I'm guessing somebody said that. He said not to eat it, not to not touch it. I put the lid back on the nullifier, and I put it back in the bag. That's that's not helpful. <laughs> Let me see if it works, damn it. You can touch when we get back to warehouse. Doesn't do us any good now. What if it gets rid of the black stuff and helps us? What if it causes your hands to melt? That's fine. Then we are without nullifier and without one of your hands. What magic is for? This would be bad. This would be a great shame. (laughs) (laughs) I think it might help us, but fine. I guess I'm overruled. Uh huh. Where where are y'all headed now? Uh, following her directions towards the high hall. Okay. Uh, as you rename it after we're done. Out my uh my crossbow. Okay. As you guys move back out of the market square and onto the main road that you guys started on, the light from the square disappears, and you're once again plunged into darkness. Rick has light on my shield. Boss. Okay. The cobblestone streets shine with the slick black oily substance that coated everything else. The you now begin to smell the sickly sweet smell that grows stronger the closer you get to the high hall. More of those signs from the gate hang on walls. They clatter in the wind, and intermittently you hear the sound of the shriek from one of those things that you saw earlier. Skittering along a wall or leaping from a rooftop, these things begin moving just at the edge of your visions. You'll think you'll see something out of the corner of your eye, and as you guys turn in that direction, there's nothing there. As you move forward, you get the sense of breath on your neck, but as you swing widely with your sword and spin around, nothing's there. By the time you guys are getting drawing in to the square that holds the 
high haul. You're almost a bundle of nerves as this tiny circle of light as you're moving is almost not enough and the darkness seems to be closing in on you. Um, uh, fuck it. Time for some wild shape. I am nervous. I don't like this. And Rumair is going to engage combat wild shape. Okay. As he, you know, he kind of steps away from the for, from the rescue for just a second, mutters some words, and out of nowhere, Rumair is gone, and in his place is a dire wolf. Puppy! You guys turn around, and as you watch, already nervous from the amount of things moving just outside your vision, moving on all fours in front of you, or coming up to you, is a very large dire wolf. What color is Rumir in this form? Uh, he's, a, he's a deep brown, kind of the same color as the, the fur. That he normally has. Did he step all the way out of the light, or did we see him change? Did you just pause as they were moving forward and cast your spell, or you know, did you yeah. stay within the light? I paused for a second while while they were moving to cast it, uh, and I do want to say, like most of his gear melds with his form, except his owlbear cloak is still on around. So imagine a giant direwolf. Wearing an appropriately sized owlbear pelt cloak, so we know it's him. Essentially, I hope so. Yes, you guys. You guys see as Ramir, uh You guys kind of feel him more than anything else. Pause behind you, and uh, the spark of the arcane, and then suddenly moving back into the light is this large uh, wolf wearing a cloak, the same cloak that Ramir. Guys, the giant turns into a puppy. It's a giant puppy. He got even bigger. (laughs) Okay, so as you guys are moving towards this, are you guys moving stealthily? Are you guys just walking towards the hall? You know that these eaters are around. You guys have seen them pull people and are... Around. So, are you, are you moving with purpose? Are you moving quickly? Are you moving stealthily? What's what's you just moving at a regular pace? What's the they, what's, what's the plan? I feel like they seem to already know that we're there, so I'm moving as uh, quickly as I can. Yeah, I'm a fan of the quickly option. Okay. I got four legs. I can go fast. Okay, so That's you guys are going to there. Um. I am trying to keep it up. If it's okay, I'd like to do perception and just kind of, uh, you know, using wolf hearing and and uh, smell, try to catch the wind and see if I can tell what's where. Okay. And I have roll low so I can make a fart joke. Okay, um, so as you guys, are, so I'll let you do your perception roll. And the way this will work is because you guys are moving at a fast pace. There's going to be two encounter rolls on whether or not the eaters come forward or whether you're able to move past. Okay. So get to yeah. your, and that will, and the determination on your perception rolls whether or not you are surprised by this or not. Okay. I do get 
advantage when it's uh, relying on hearing or smell. So it says okay. That does. Nineteen. Okay. <clears throat> so you are listening. Let me. Okay. So you you're you're about a third of the way there, pushing halfway when you when the wolf's ears perk and you hear movement along the side of a building up ahead on the right-hand side. What do you do? I flex the ears down and just growl. As you're looking around, it looks like if you guys wanted to hide, on the other side, there looks like what maybe used to be a tavern or something. Um, Old West style, there is um, kind of like a fencing out front that and posts where horses are normally tied. You guys could duck low in kind of the, the area and the, the barrels and stuff that are there and try to wait for those things to pass. Or you can fight. How many of them are there? Uh, it sounds like more than one, uh, given his ears. But you don't know that because Rumair is in wolf form. Yeah, and uh, my intelligence in wolf form is a whopping negative four, so... <laughs> As a druid, don't you keep your intelligence? I... Hang on, you know what? I'm not sure. Because this isn't polymorph, it's druid. This is true, it's right? not polymorph. So you keep... I believe you keep your intelligence. Okay. It doesn't say one way or another over here on D&D Beyond. At least I'll have to go look later. Google. I don't know. Teeth bared. Uh down, ready to kind of defend and, uh, you know, ears flat, growling. I'm going to just follow whatever the three of you do at this point. Okay, so Romare, you have noticed the the danger. Your party has not, and are moving forward quite quickly. <laughs> you can divert them, or you can continue to move forward. You can divert them to hide, or you can move forward and assume that you guys are attacking. Uh, I'll try to divert them to hide. What's everybody else do is as you as this large wolf begins pushing you behind uh, these barrels and and various hiding things in front of this tavern. I uh, go to hide as well. Try to find a place where um, maybe I can set up a shot with my uh, crossbow towards anything that might come through at us um, from that general direction. Vern, Gibtler. Yeah, I'm kind of copying her, taking the opposite side of wherever we're hiding and knocking an arrow. Yeah, I guess I'll go hide. Okay. You guys get behind the barrels. Try your best to, to knock, uh, knock your arrows and take aim at something you can't see. The area on the other side of the street is completely black to you, but uh, Ramir, as you kind of crouch low, uh, straining to listen, the tracks get louder as it it moves as it moves towards you, or at least closer from where it was. Because it was, if you guys were heading north, it was farther north uh, east on your on the buildings coming down in a southwards position towards you guys. 
Thank you, Dubs. Um, <laughs> okay. You hear the movement pause for just a beat before it continues down, and you hear it move southwards and continue, seemingly out of range. I kind of paw the ground to kind of indicate it's as best I can indicate that it's okay to keep going. Is that Timmy fell into the well? <laughs> I tear my teeth at Gib. <laughs> I'm just kidding. We're good to go, right? Okay, so you guys pick up your pace once again, and again, you guys are moving quickly, right? Yes. Okay, so one more encounter roll. Um, I'll have one of you guys roll roll a d20 for me. Awesome. 18. 18. Okay. You guys uh, reach the square in your uh, in your expedited state. You guys come across the plaza in front of you. And as you cross this, the high hall looms up out of the darkness before you. The large building stands two stories high at its midpoint. A pair of great double doors with large brass rings for handles and a piercing purple glow that shoots out of the cracks of the door frame and the small holes of the high-peaked roof. Between you and the hall is a plaza filled with rows and rows of beautifully detailed statues of people, all made from black onyx. They are still in silence, but their mouths are open and Eternal silent screams. Do I can I check and see if I recognize any of the statues? Make a perception check. I would like to roll up. I'm sorry, Invest, uh, do investigation as your. Well, okay, we'll go with perception. That's fine. You already rolled it. Oh yeah, no, that's that's fine. <laughs> so as you as you as you get closer and you're looking around, kind of holding your shield up that has the light cantrip still on it, to kind of inspect them. Um, they all look to be human, or at least the ones that you can see immediately. Um, they look horrified. Uh, they are dressed the same, in the same style of clothes. Uh, it looks like carved into them. There's the same style that everybody else was wearing in the square, so it looks to be from the same time period. Um, so could I use my stone cunning, which allows me to make an intelligence history check, to look at them and see if I can tell how they were made? Ooh. Ooh. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm considered proficient in history and double my proficiency bonus. And here I am just trying to find a clear path that a nine-foot-long, 800-pound size of a horse wolf okay, can get so through. so I... Oh. <laughs> plus another four so 28 but uh yeah so you you bring the drift globe close to to the nearest one to you and do you touch it um yes okay so as you as you're looking at the pieces you you're running your fingers over 
small bits of it. And you don't see any tool marks. There aren't where you would expect drag or chisel marks or tool marks, something scraping at it, any kind of imperfection that would signify that it was made or carved. You can't find any indication of tool work. These things just exist. These are, they're, they're, they're too perfect. I, this is uncanny. Do you think the eaters? Let's kind of drift off. That was Rumi just kind of whines. Because he has no words. Literally. Uh, you, with, uh, with Astari, Giptalar, with her saying that out loud, and as you kind of inspect them, you assume that they're, they must have been made by magic, but you kind of give a quick inspection. You don't find any runes or anything on them. Do any of them have bite marks? Or other injuries? Question mark? No. Oh. I don't like it. Uh, the Will closest we... statue to the high hall, they're about 40 feet. So there's like this plaza and uh, so there's a gap of about 40 feet from the main doors to the closest statue. And there are roughly 24 statues standing in this all facing the high hall. Slowly, I start padding towards the high hall, kind of ears up and turning in all directions, listening for eaters. Or walk up to the door. Make another perception check for me. Uh, Rumir. 22. You're you're listening closely for any kind of movement that would indicate something moving in your direction. And it's silent. Eerily so. It is so quiet here between the silence and the darkness and the weird purple light coming from the, the doors and the cracks of this hall. <clears throat> this area is I've got, so like I'm trying to, you know, me, Jason, as the player, is trying to think of the best ways to telegraph things to everyone else. And the best thing I can think of is Rumir's got his tail slightly between his legs, but then he kind of looks back at everybody and jerks his head towards the hall as if kind of to say, I don't like it, but it seems safe. Let's keep moving. Can I kick the door in? You're up at the door? Yeah. Okay. Uh, you're just going to walk up to it and kick it? Yeah. Make a strength check. Oh, yeah. Ten. Cool. Now I need everybody to make a wisdom saving throw. Hell because yeah. suddenly, where before the statues appeared inert, Suddenly, a choir of screams 
blasts forth from all of these onyx statues. Horrified, wailing screams suddenly permeating the square. Hold on a second. Uh, Gibtalar, you cover your ears, and after a moment, you shake it off. With Starry, you are stunned for one round as the whales overtake you and you're clawing at your ears and just trying desperately to block it out, but it permeates your skull and you're struggling. Uh, same for you, uh, Vern. You're resisting the urge to tuck into your shell because you are just trying to get rid of the sound in your head and you're you're trying to, to cover your ears and everything and it's, it's just not working. It's echoing inside of you. And you are stunned for one round. Rumir, you in your wolf form whine and, and put your head low, but you weather against it and look up. The door, it just seems shook and is not opened, um, but it looks easy enough to open. But suddenly, as you look behind you, these statues are moving in your direction. Slow and staggering, but they are they're, they're moving towards you. Shit. Uh, so, Rumir, Gibtalar, you guys are the only ones not stunned. What are you doing? Uh, opening the door, apparently. Yeah, you reach forward, the door is unlocked. Solid. You push open. it open. Open the door. I am going to very, very gently... Um, is Did Vern go all the way in his shell? I don't... I. I said that Vern did not. He was struggling to not go into his shell as he was kind of holding at his head. Then I'm going uh, to very gingerly and gently around his shell, avoiding his limbs, try to pick him up in my mouth. Vern is inside. Vern is large. He's like a six foot tall turtle. He would not be able to be picked up in that way. Damn. Then I can probably, maybe I can just try to like push him with my head. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you you are using your action to uh, drag Vern into the interior. Yes. Okay. Okay, so you see Gibtalar push open the doors. You turn and grab Vern and drag him um, into the interior. The the zombies are maybe about twenty feet from you now as they continue to move towards you. Um, you Vern, Gibtalar. I didn't. Think what are you Gibtlar doing? I didn't think Gibtlar could push, let alone carry him. <laughs> and I figured that Gibtlar can actually I'm grab teasing, your wheelchair. I'm teasing. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm going to go get our last stunny and push them inside. Okay. Just as you guys get inside with Starry and Vern, you, uh, you slowly come to um, shaking yourselves from that horrible screaming. And you look behind you, and Gibtalar, Romer, you look, and the zombies are getting closer. I uh, shut the door. Okay, are you holding it closed? Um, maybe we should have a stronger person hold the door closed while I look for something to bar the door with. Um, let's uh, hang on a second. What's my? Uh, yeah, I've got a strength of seventeen as a wolf. I'm gonna like. Pushing my you know shoulder against the door and like brace with all four legs. Okay, make a strength check for me. Uh, let's see here. I'm gonna have to. I just do then, here. Roll d twenty. And then Gibslar, make a uh, a perception check for me as you look for something to bar the door. 
I'm no longer stunned as well. Correct? Fuck. That's a critical failure. Okay, it's make it back. make it with advantage because Wastari said she's assisting you. I still got a nine. Not you. Oh, well, it didn't matter. I got. I, I thought she was helping with the door. Eleven this time. Okay. Thank you. You are. You're pushing against the door, uh, trying to lean your weight against it because you're in your wolf form. And Wistari comes to the other side and uh, reaches and, and tries to to barricade the door as well, holding it tightly as she can with you there. And the first thump comes, and it is strong, and it only it almost throws both of you away from the door and to the floor. But you guys both lean back up against it, helping each other, and you manage to get it closed. Um, uh, Gibtelar, you're searching around. It's dark. You fumble for your shield. Um, you're not able to find something this round. Make another perception check. Anything? Um, like so. Basically, are there handles that we could just shove something through? There do look to be handles that are cool. made for this kind of thing. Could um, I put my lance in there just in the for now? You'd have to stop pressing on the door to do that. It would uh, be a different action, so you'd be yeah. trading it out. But, Gibtalar, as you are searching there, you do find a thick metal um, it looks like whatever is supposed to be slid into the the handle slots, you are able to find that. It is dusty and against the wall, and it's kind of camouflaged there, which is why you didn't notice it initially, but as you search through it and you take an extra few seconds to find it, you're able to heft it and with the help of the two uh, holding the door closed, you're able to slide it into its slot and Hooray. barricade the door. There is pounding on the other side of the door as the doors shake. As the horde seems to continue to try and break in, but the doors seem to be holding. Uh, the metal is in place and you guys are inside the high... Uh, what was it called? High hall. high hall. You guys are inside the high hall. <coughs> no. Oh, dumb. <laughs> Too soon. Like four <laughs> years. Too soon. <laughs> it's really too bad that show never ended. I know, right? Yep. <laughs> it makes me wonder what would happen. <laughs> As you guys turn around, the room is bathed in this pulsating purple light illuminating long tables running along either side of the high hall. A stack of barrels covered by a tarp sits in the corner near the door, and in the center of the high hall lies a dusty fire pit, long, cold, and neglected. Beyond it, you see the source of the light, a round box made of gold, decorated with tentacles. It lies open in the lap of a man in elegant robes and furs, bathing him in alternating pattern of purple glow and shadow. His thin crown gleams in a weird light, marking him as the Duke. His gaze shifts to make eye contact with each of you. His skin is saggy and wrinkled with great age. You will not have it. You will not take my blessed sleep, he says in an aged voice. Something moves overhead and your eyes are drawn upwards to see three eaters looming over you crawling about in the rafters, hissing. 
I need everybody okay. to roll initiative. Uh oh. I'm not going first. <laughs> I might be. Oh, I got a 15 since you're recording. <clears throat> I got a. What was that? Is that a nat 20? No, dirty 20. A dirty 20. Four with Starry. Oh, shoot. We got a map. We did. It's even got the purple lights glowing out of it. Nice. Ooh, pretty. Ooh, that gives me an idea. Hmm? Hold on. You spelled my name wrong. Rude. Wow. We have Vern, Gibbo, and Wish. <laughs> and Rue. Ding. <clears throat> oh, can I? I'm. If it's okay, I'd like to retcon something really quickly about the wolf form. Bag of sure. holding is still a thing, too, because that has important stuff in it. You have the bag of holding? Yes, I have is. the bag of holding because I can carry a lot of stuff. So, But that did not merge into the form. Gotcha. Okay. Um, so these things are on the ceiling. Let me... How high? Ceilings. That. Oh, um, I did not mean to do that. I just meant to zoom in. Not that there's a grid. You can actually lock things to it. Rue, Vern, Wish, Gibbo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Uh, okay. Where's your big bad guy at? Albert, I can, I got it right here. 15, okay, so the, it looks like the ceilings are 15 feet. <clears throat> That's fine with me. Is this door open? Yes. Okay. You guys move. And this is the one we locked. Yeah. That's the one you barricaded. It's over. Okay. Let me put the bad guy in. Dang it. There we go. They have a really nice uh, D&D table right there, too, in the middle. They do. Or is that a rug? <laughs> I think it's a rug. That's, That's a rug. D&D rug. Oh. These are the tables. These would make really nice D&D tables. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So. Um, let me get an initiative in here. Give Talar, what did you roll? A three. Okay. Uh, Vern? A fifteen. Fifteen? Wish. Uh, <coughs> sorry, uh, I think it was... You roll a sixteen. Sixteen, thank you. Sixteen. Yes. And Rumir? Dirty twenty. Hey! Alright. Ooh, okay. Did you make this map? No, I did not. Oh, it's a very nice map. Oh, thank you.
What size are you? In wolf form. Large. Here, I'm gonna just drop a link to uh because it's just the straight up direwolf card. Might probably be like up here because you'd be bigger. Because you take up more space as a large direwolf, right? Um I don't know how many space I don't know how many spaces I take up as a large creature. Large beast. Clear him. Yeah, I don't have ours easily accessible here. Conveniently, I could just pull up A's online. <laughs> um, uh, do I know where that is? Hell no. Um, <laughs> room in a position, maybe? Um, uh, space. space. Mm-hmm. A large creature is 10 by 10. So. Although I've seen some people make dire wolves uh, 15 by 5, which makes more sense to me mentally, but. So do I like just Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> do I just that do that? Just, do I just do that? I guess. Sorry guys, I'm for a that block that I here. that I had ready. Stuffing the thing in the thing. Okay. Okay, oh. this is your game. Um as a large creature, should I do that? With my token, or uh, that's ten by ten. Is that what it says you take up? That's what uh, Dubs. That's what Dubs says in the in the manual. It says that I take up. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Although, I, I did also say that there is the option to make a dire wolf five by fifteen, which makes more sense to me. But it's your game, so yeah, it's your game. It it would make sense that you would be narrower rather than. Huh. Wait, can we make you like that though? I just um, don't know size. No. And I'm going to actually pull your tag and give you this wolfy tag for now. <laughs> and we're just gonna make you like that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so, um, Ramir, you are up first. Okay. And the the eaters are on the ceiling, so they're fifteen feet above us. Yes, they are currently on the ceiling, uh, fifteen feet. And I am nine feet long. What what can I realistically do here? (laughs) This might not have been the best decision. Do you have? Do you have hops? Good angry help. I could jump. That's what I meant. As an action, you can attempt to jump up and pull one down to the ground. What's that? Uh, but that would not be an attack. That would be an athletics roll. To see if you can pull it down, that would be your action. 
hmm, would I like be able to hold it in place for the others to go after it? I can grapple. Mm-hmm. I would say that if you beat their if you beat their uh deck save with your athletics by a certain amount, I will say that it is held in your in your in your teeth. Okay. For for a round. I will try that. And based on let's see here, normally it's two oh normally it is a three. Okay, plus okay. three. Yeah. Normally normally it is a plus three for me because my strength is sixteen, not seventeen. So I'm just gonna go with my normal athletic and I'm gonna try it. Let's see what happens here. Here we go. That's a 17 total. Okay, so they rolled a 16. So you're able to get it down to the ground and pull it from the ceiling. And it is prone, but you are not, you have not grappled it, essentially. Cool. Okay, so it's on the ground. It is prone at the moment. I will. I will take it. Okay. Um, Do you have a bonus action in that form? Not in this form. If I was if I was still druidified, I could have uh, morphed as a bonus action, but that's about it. Okay. So it is, they rolled really high on their initiative, so it is their turn. So um let me double movement. The ones in red are on the ceiling. Huh? The ones that, the two that are in red are the ones on the ceiling. The ones that are circled there. Okay. So we can Okay, tell. so three is going to... I'm going to have to do something a little bit differently here to track HP because I get... I'm pretty sure I get the wolf's HP. Which is good because my HP is only 17 normally. Where did, where did three go? You don't know. It moved out okay. of your vision. Um, okay. Two is going to drop down to the floor and attack the giant wolf in the room. <laughs> um, yeah, let's address the giant wolf in the room. Right. Okay. And it is going to do a thing. Ooh, that is not great, though. That is a nine to hit. Uh, that's probably not gonna do it. Let me just double check the Al... No, no not the Albert. Um, we have 14 AC. 14 AC with natural armor. Okay, uh, so it uh, tries to slash down at you and is unable to. The other one, number one, is going to stand with half its movement and claw up at you. Uh, and that's a 13. So that one also uh, <laughs> doesn't do it. That's a miss. That is a miss. Okay, so. My fuzzy fur coat protects me. <laughs> that's their turn. Uh, with Starry, it is to you. All right. So reload this a little bit. Um, going to uh, sort of lower the lance. And lance attack number one. Alrighty, roll it. Roll them bones. Are you are you charging at it? 
Um, hold on. So I have to Ooh, yeah, since it's so close, I can charge, right? It's 10 feet. Yeah, that's... I'm measuring I'm sorry, for you. Yeah, it's 10 feet away. That's yeah, three. Three squares away. So you'd move 10 feet. All right, one sec. My... Everything is breaking on my phone at this exact moment. Give me one second. I apologize. Okay. She's pulling up the instructions on the combat wheelchair. I'm just verifying something, just to be sure. It bothers me that his throne is in the middle of four squares. <laughs> hey, I didn't make the map, all right? Oh, I know. I'm just saying, like, <laughs> <laughs> it makes life more difficult. Yeah. It's like it's all just... It's like, okay. Okay. <coughs> Okay, I don't see any special rules for charging in the chair. Okay. So it's whatever the Lance rules on. Yeah, I just wanted to make sure there wasn't something that I was missing. Okay. Yeah, that that was not so great. Critical fail! Oh, no. Okay, so no. you uh, you're attempting to get your your lance situated, and as you go to move forward, and it isn't quite connected the way you normally have it when you ram stuff with your lance, and it uh, glances off, and you have to fumble with it for a second, and it does not land any damage, fortunately. And that you had to move forward for that, right? So are you in? Are you five feet away, or are you ten feet away? So it's ten feet away because that's the the lance range. Okay. Alrighty. Um, Vern, it is to you. Unless you have a bonus action, Wistari? I don't yet. Okay, then Vern, it's to you. Okay, I'm going to move to my right one square. What are you doing? Sorry, I was all to chat made me duplicate my character. Okay. But uh, moving over, Hunter's Mark number one, and firing a shot. Okay. Roll it. I got a 12 to hit. 12 will just hit. Yeah, okay, hold on. One of them did that, I didn't. but it's brilliant. Seventy nine points of damage. Nine points of damage. He, uh, you see the the arrow uh, sink into him, into the cloaked figure, and uh, it turns and hisses loudly at you. Not like that's it for me. And that was to number one, right? Yeah, number one. I am glad you are where you are. Um, okay, so next up would be the BVEG. 
The guy with the artifact. Yes. He is going to set the box on his chair. Actually, hold on. You're fine. Okay, he is going to... Oh, wait, what's... Hmm. So he is not going to move from his chair. He is going to watch the eaters attempt to eat you. He does nothing. So next up in the order is Gibtalar. I am going to move up to here. And then okay. I'm going to use Booming Blade. Okay. So I get to make a weapon attack. And um, if I hit, they get. One D eight thunder. No, that's if they move after if they oh, move oh, before oh. the spell ends. Before my next turn. Gotcha. Yeah. When I have level five, then it does one D eight on hit. And I get advantage on my attack because flanking. With giant dog. Question mark? Yeah. Yeah, I'll give it to you. Ooh. Uh, 17 to hit. Okay, yeah. You, uh... Hold you... on. Hold on. I gotta remember to not do that because it always adds the bonus damage. Um... Right. Okay. No. So it's just nine damage. Okay. Because it, it always adds in the the damage where I take damage from it. Oh 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 oh. So right. Just ignore the two d six. Gotcha. Okay. So you uh you move up and you cast your your thing, hit him with it. He as you slash down into him. Wait. No. This is piercing damage. Uh-huh. That's what we said? Okay. So you run your sword in through him uh, in the general area that the, the arrow had, had uh, landed. And Actually, as you pull your sword back, it is coated in this black ichor. But the, the thing howls and spins at you and it's, it's feeling surrounded and you can see it's kind of it looks a bit manic as it spins around and it's, it's barely holding on. It looks incredibly hurt. I think it is slashing damage based off of our latest weapon record. It would be slashing. Either way, you slash into him. Black Icker coating the thingy. It's mad and crazed. It's yucky. Do you have any bonus actions you'd like to do? Uh, bonus actions. Uh, no. Okay. 
Then with that, we are to the top of the round with Rumair. Okay, I've got... I think... Where's the pointer? This one has been hit a few times, right? Number one? Number one is the only one that's been hit so far. Okay. I am going to bite it. And I have the wonderful Wistari within five feet of me, so I get to use... That's the wrong way. I get to use pack tactics. I have advantage on attack rolls against creatures if at least one of my allies is within five feet. Indeed. So I have to... I need to set up some custom attacks for the direwolf. So I'm just going to do all this manually. Roll 1, d20, plus 5, ADV. That, not only will that hit, that will damage, double your damage dice. Natural 20! <laughs> so I, will, I will tell you that without even seeing the damage dice, because it is a nat 20, and the lowest you can get is a 2, um, how do you want to do this? Um... <laughs> Let's do wolf tactics. We're going for the throat. Okay, you lunge forward and grab this thing at its throat and give it a shake until it stops moving and the, the bones crunch and this black ichor blood fills your mouth as you spit it out. What's and, it uh, <laughs> It is unpleasant and it, it, it's yeah. almost acrid as if like burnt toast. It's not great. I don't know why I went with burnt toast. I'm sorry. I just was trying to, the, the first thing that I thought of that would be burned. <laughs> it was burned breakfast food. Burnt I toast. <laughs> yeah. Love you. Uh, but yeah, it's it's unpleasant. And uh, as you spit it out, um, it is unmoving on the floor. Okay. I guess with that, I'm just going to kind of move over here to. Uh, you know what? Is this is this an actual wall here separating? There is a doorway right okay. here in, in these two squares. Okay, so it's like a double doorway. These doors are open though; they are thrown open wide. I think I'll stay put then to allow um uh to allow if Gib wants to go through and flank, or if uh, Wisp wants to charge. Yeah, that, that seems smart. Okay. Um, then next in the action is them. And two is going to slash again at the very large wolf. That is an 18. Uh, yeah, that went this time. <laughs> Yay! I hit something, guys. I did it. Uh, okay, so that is so that is six points of necrotic damage, but I do believe that you take half necrotic, correct? You tell me. I don't know about that yet. Well, I know about that, but Rumair doesn't know about that. <laughs> oh, okay, so then I will say that you as this thing slashes into you, um, it's less, it's almost as if its hand goes incorporeal for a second as it passes through you and you feel yourself being drained, but something in you resists the amount of damage that it's going to do. 
and you take three points of necrotic damage. Okay. I growl at it, baring my teeth, bloody ichor dripping from fangs. Your current strength score is also reduced by two points. Uh oh. Your current my current strength score. So I go from a seventeen to a fifteen. My modifier is now two. Okay. Um, that is its turn. Uh, three. You guys don't see three. The Duke is still sitting in his chair. Um. Okay, we are to Wistari. Okay, so I am going to fire my crossbow at the Duke. What is the range on your... Uh, so if I counted this out correctly, so it's... Eighty one twenty, I think it was. I have to reopen that window. Yeah, it's eighty three twenty, I think. So minimum eighty. So I counted it as he was ninety, but feel free to double check. Of course, obviously. Let's see here, That's I got right. the man table here. From getting to the back of the chair, I think. Eighty five. I think is what yeah. I get. 85, probably. Okay, so it's, well, it's more than the 80, so I don't have to do it with disadvantage, correct? You could move forward one square and not have the disadvantage. Oh, I... Does a, do you have, it's a long-range weapon, so do you have a disadvantage at the shorter ranges? I thought I did. No, I think it's disadvantage. It, it, should, it should have two numbers. Yeah, the first one is 80, and then the second one is, like, 320, I think. Okay, yeah. Right, so you can do it anywhere up to 80 feet at regular range. And then anything over that, you can do it at disadvantage, and then anything over that number, you just it won't hit land. Okay, then I will. I'm going to switch up the order that I do things in slightly. Because I wanted to uh, also move up quite a bit further. So I'm going to move 30 feet in towards him. Okay, so as you, okay, so you're going to move 30 feet forward? Oh, Jason has a good point. Nope, I will just move forward five so that I avoid that uh, attack of opportunity, and then I will shoot at him. Okay, roll it. Twelve to hit. That will not. Hit. So as you uh, take aim and fire your crossbow, uh, the arrow goes true and it seems like it's going to hit him and it pins him just for a moment as it pierces the cloak at his shoulder. And uh, he looks up at the at the arrow that is now sticking into his chair and he pulls it out and throws it to the ground. He is unharmed. Next time I won't miss. Call them off and just give us the uh, the... Pixis, is that the word? That's all we want. We don't want to hurt you. Give us the pretty box. You'll never take it from me. Kill them. And is that it for you, Astari? That is it for me. Vern, it is to you. All right, I'm going to. Hold on a second. 
Okay, yeah, I'm moving. Uh, Hunter's mark is gonna jump off the body of one onto two. And I'ma shoot him. Do it. Plus uh, 18 to hit. That'll do it. Roll that damage. Oh my gosh, seven. Okay. My damn it, I saved me tonight. <laughs> okay, you see another arrow sink into uh, the back of this eater. Um, it is Duke's turn. He's going to stare longingly into the box. Gibtalar, it's you. <laughs> I think the box is on our team. Um, alright. I am going to move into the room. And I will take that attack of opportunity. Okay. And then... 16 to hit. 16? 16. 16 matches. Okay, so you take... 7 points of necrotic damage. Is that already halved? That is not halved. Swag. So 4 points of necrotic damage. 3. You take the lower end of a half. Okay. Um, and, then... and also, this one reappears and will slash at you as you come into its range on its hold held action. Oh, you fucker. Rude. Uh, that is an 18 to hit. Okay, that'll hit. Oh, I rolled Megs. Um... Ah. <laughs> Am I gonna have to drop a wild shape? Um, that's a 14, have to 17, or 7. Thanks. Points of necrotic damage. Okay. Okay, and uh, your strength modifier is reduced by <clears throat> 2. By, four, by 2 or by 4, because I took 2. The other one did not reduce your strength, the second one did. Oh, okay. The reaction didn't take it down, but the action, the held action did. No funks. <laughs> no, I'm at minus two for strength. Um, I am going to cast Hex on the Duke, and there. then shoot him with shoot him with an Ultra Blast. And I got a twenty-two to hit. That'll hit. So, takes nine, takes nine force damage and another two necrotic damage. Okay. And you... that's my turn. Okay, you watch as you fire off this eldritch energy 
And... You watch as he falls forward and slumps to the ground. The Pixis rattles to the floor. And as he dies, now, now it waits. And he, a dark shadow pours out of the box and envelops the Duke's corpse in a swirling cyclone. Uh Where there was once a frail man, now looms a 12-foot-tall black-winged Its head resembles the skull of a horse, and each arm ends in a long in a pair of long black tentacles that coil and slither across the floor. One tentacle wraps tightly around the Pixis. Your nightmare is only beginning. Oh, look at you. How cute. You're trying to be scary. Oh. You hear it chuckle darkly. Romare, it's to you. Okay. Um, biting number two. And uh, pack tactics. Pack tactics, yeah. So let's see here. Roll 1d20. It's going to be plus four because I have the reduction in my strength. ADV. 19 to hit. 19 will do it. 2d6 plus 3. Bite it for 6. You bite it for 6. Okay, it is still uh, standing. Uh, but it's not It's not looking too great. It's definitely taking oh. some damage. And it uh, tries to scramble away from you and like claw at your face as you come in to bite it and attempts to throw you off. But it is you crunch down, and you definitely feel like you're you're tearing into this. Nice. That's really all I've got. I'm I'm very bitey. That's about it right now. <laughs> okay, then we are to them. It is their turn. So number two, uh, coming <coughs> off of that bite, it is going to attempt to swipe into you again. It is a fourteen to hit. Uh, that meets it. That meets it. Okay. So that is killing anymore, right? Have that is five points of product damage. Woo! I'm really glad that I get wolf, uh, wolf HP right now. Yeah. Wolf HP. I'm at twenty nine of thirty seven at the moment. Yeah, I'm at seven of seventeen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Number three, uh, Gibbs, you're right there. It is going to, it saw you blast the dude, so he's going to swipe at you. Oh, fun. That's a critical failure. So it is going to uh, spin and attempt to uh, slash, slash at you, but it, it comes down onto your armor and uh, it is, it feels more like it's trying to tickle you. It's a weird feeling. And uh, you parry it easily. Blow a raspberry at it. <laughs> uh, next in the order, uh, with Starry. Um, I will just lance. My screen just died. Number two, the one that was the, the one that just got bit. 
Okay. Yeah, the one that just got bit. And I'm still with attack uh, or act 10. Helps find no words. <laughs> Um, you. You're having trouble getting purchased as it uh, is still fighting with the wolf. You're having trouble landing that blow into it as they continue to struggle with each other. Yeah. I'm very annoyed. <laughs> I'm uh, sorry. Burn. Burn, it's to you. Okay. Um... Yeah, I'm just firing at number two again. Roll it. Okay, that definitely... 23? That'll oh. definitely hit. Oh, here we go. Eight, nine, 12 damage this time. Okay, you watch as you... As, uh, as soon as the, uh, the eater is free of um, Romare's wolf... <sighs> Uh, mouth, you uh, fire an arrow into it, and, and you pin it to the wall. As it struggles for a second against it, it it bleeds out, and it's just dead against the wall, pinned with your arrow. Okay. And um, bonus action, I'm going to cast Zephyr Strike. Um, it doesn't do anything yet, but <clears throat> when I choose to, it gives me advantage on the attack roll. Um... If I hit, I do an extra D8 of damage. If I hit or miss, I get 30 extra movement speed. Oops. And it's just a point I can choose in the next uh, minute. Okay, are you moving at all? Um, actually. Oh, no, because if I go through that doorway, I'm going to get hit, right? You can move through friendly space. Yeah. At double movement. So you can move um you can move here and then to here and then to here and then go through the door. You could go okay. this way too. So you don't Yeah, so you, you can Yeah. Okay. I would like to be right where that blue dot is. That way I can be that's within five feet of um Bork. Right. <laughs> You'll be on the other side of the wall. Oh, okay. Well, I'll be moving through the door. A, there is a wall here. I mean, I will be moving through the door to go after number three next turn, and at that point, I should be within five feet of you because you know, big. What's your yeah. movement speed? Mine? No, Burns. Uh, Thirty. So you'd be you'd be here. Or here. Oh, I you, saw you were here in 30. Because you were here. So 5, 10, 15, 25, 30. Because if you go here, it's 35. Okay. 15, 20, 25? The, the angles are, every other is doubled. Oh, okay. So it's 5, 10, 15, 25. Actually, you could go there in 30. Okay. This is 15 to 25. Yeah. No, you're good. Sorry. Okay. I'm going to stay right there. Math, Math is hard. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so we're good. Uh, anything else on your turn, Burn? Nope, that's all three. That's all three. Okay, perfect. Uh, we are to the avatar. So to his. Um. He's coming down. 
Is he going to come down, or is he too afraid? I was seeing if he had a range thing, or if he... I was double-checking his sheet. I know. There we go. I'm just talking shit. I mean, it's going to get you killed, but sure. Go for it. Uh, check it. So when he moved out away from his chair, is the, uh... Does he have the the thing with him? Yes. Yes, he picked that up. Um, that is his action to... Well... <coughs> yep, that's what he's going to do. Uh, next up is Gibtalar. Okay. Uh, I'm going to cast Booming Blade again. And cast it on... No, actually, I'm not going to cast Booming Blade. I'm just going to uh, stab. Have you stab? Stab, stab. 19 to hit the number three. That will do it. 10 damage. Okay, you spin and slash at him. Uh, This time, finding purchase as you uh, render into him. Slashing his cloak and cutting into him. Uh, He howls in rage and attempts to shove you off. Um... This one's a little bit more clumsy, and he's struggling, because that was a pretty good hit into him. You hear a faint chuckling inside your head, and a feeling of elation that is not your own. Yes. (laughs) Great. Oh, no, that's not a bad thing, don't worry. (laughs) I think your angel friend would feel differently. Okay, Not so here. that that happens. Uh, anything else to you? Uh, no, I'm good. Okay, Rumier, top of the order, it's to you. Okay, moving into the room, into range, and it is time to bite. Get it. And you have pack tactics, because I'm there. Yes, exactly. That will hit. Thirty twenty two, yes. <laughs> oh, yes. Okay, so as you uh, bite into this one, same way as you did the other one, you clamp your teeth tightly around its neck and shake it and kind of bang it against the wall next to you until you feel whatever life this thing has in it, leave it as it grows still. Uh, you drop it to the floor, black ichor once more dripping from your teeth. As you spin around, uh, the only enemy in the room now, it seems, is this very large, very scary-looking avatar of whatever it was that came out of that box. Haunches up, teeth bared, just low. Okay. Uh, next in the order, the eater is dead, so, uh, next in the order was Wistari. Okay, um, this is a bad idea. No such thing. (laughs) Um, so I want to... 
So I feel like we aren't going to beat this thing. We need to get the box from him. Hmm. Well, so for this turn, so I would have to move forward and then use an action if I wanted to get the, or would it take an action, I guess is the question, to get the bottle of goo out of the bag of holding that, uh, that Rumair has. Uh, because it is a bag that somebody else is holding and you have to go to them, open it. I would say that you could mm, <clears throat> retrieving an item I'll put as a bonus action. Using an item is an action. Okay, so, so I'm going to we'll put, we'll put it as a bonus action. I'm going to move forward close uh, up next to Rumair. I want to use a bonus action to get the the thing. Uh, just sort of have it on my lap and fire a crossbow at the avatar. Okay. Are you moving to the other side of uh, our wolf friend here? Or are you staying back by the doors? Um, I have 14 AC. I'm going to move to the other side of him. Okay. Go ahead and roll your attack. I actually have more AC in, as me. <laughs> That's pure Vulcan. Wow. That extra HP, though, man. <laughs> that extra HP. I'm telling you. That will hit. Without that extra HP, I'd um, be bloody. So, 11 piercing. Okay. As this large avatar in front of you... Um, Begins menacingly moving its way forward. You uh, wheel your way into the room. Uh, Rumier has gotten low to the ground. His haunches and every you know his hair is sticking up is the way the dogs do when they growl. And he's uh, haunched low as if he's ready to pounce. And as you move into the room, you're able to reach up and get uh, the bag of holding to retrieve the jar of goo. Firing your crossbolt, it sinks into this nightmare in front of you. Um, he looks down at the arrow, and while that is a painful hit, he seems to almost shrug it off as he uses his clawed hands to break the arrow off of him. Okay, well, that's all I've got. Okay, Vern, it is to you. Okay, we're down to big guy here. Move it with this mark. Yep. So, uh, I'm going to bonus Saxon Hunters mark him. Okay. And then I'm going to. Hold on. Uh, by the way, that he's considered large in size. He is considered large in size. Okay. Oh, yes, he's gotten bigger. Okay, yeah. So I can, I'm going to use the Zephyr Strike as well on him. Go for it. 
Now he's large. Oh no. A 15? 15 will hit. Oh, thank goodness. Okay. Where did he go? Oh. Oh. Oh, just teeth. Hmm? Oh, there. Now it took a second to load on my screen. Many teeth. Okay. There's a lot of teeth. Yes, it is. Okay. 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 13 points of damage. What type of damage? Of course. Well, now I have to look at it all. It does mean I can carry people. So, <clears throat> force, bludgeoning, and piercing. If any of that it needs a different number, I'll give you the numbers. Uh, what was the force damage and what was everything else? The force damage was a one. Okay. Everything else was normal. How much was the rest of it? What was the total? 13. Uh, 12 regular, one force. Okay. Oh. Um. Burned it. Wait, shit. Okay, what weapon was that? Mine? Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm sorry. sorry. What did you attack with? So, I used my crossbow. Mm-hmm. Um. And then the Zephyr Strike and the Hunter's Mark stacked on. Okay, how much did the crossbow do by itself? Uh, by itself... Eight. Eight was from the crossbow? Yeah, eight from the crossbow. And then how much from everything else? Um, five. Total. Okay, there we go. Sorry, guys. Okay. Uh, anything else for you, Vern? Uh, yes, because I have a lot of movement now. <laughs> I'm going to. Oh, he got really big. I was gonna try to sneak on the other side of him. <laughs> okay. So I move way up and around. I have 60 feet after the Zephyr strike. Nice. Okay. And that'll do it. Alrighty. It is now his turn. So. He is seeing your movement. He is going to step over to you, Vern. And he is going to attack you with its tentacles. Oh. Okay, first cat. Uh, the first attack is only a 12 to hit. Oh, uh, that misses. Okay, second attack. Is a twenty-three. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh no. 
It's definitely a poison ivy vine and not a tentacle, but I still feel like it works. <laughs> it definitely <Yeah>. works. <laughs> okay, so that is five points of psychic damage as this tentacle that almost looks as if it's made of shadow slices towards you and moves through your form and you feel just nightmarish screams in your head as uh, as it passes through you. Oh, yucky. Does the nightmare screams do anything? Or is that just... That was the psychic damage you just took. (laughs) Okay, that is his two attacks. He's going to be wet. That's psychic. Like, psychic and necrotic are different, right? Yes. Yeah, they are. Yes, they're two different types of damage. Okay. Okay. Um, Next up is Gibdalar. Blop. Fifteen. Only only if they move away. Fifteen will hit. Move away without disengaging. Eleven damage. Plus um hex damage. Another six necrotic. Okay. So eleven of Okay. Magic weapon slashing. And and six necrotic damage. Okay. You continue to feel an elation that is starting to bleed over. Is it you feeling it? Is it something else? It's odd. But Maybe. as you as your blade continues to get coated in the blood of this beast before you, um, <sighs> it's an odd feeling, and you definitely notice it. And the beast in front of you is howling in rage and pain as you <clears throat> slice into it. It can't see me smiling, but I'm smiling. <laughs> Anything else for I, your turn? It probably can because I think I would have taken my you- mask off during combat. Yeah, you take your mask off for combat. Yes. Yes. Okay. So yes, it can't see me smiling. It gives a roar of frustration as your blade slices into it. And then we are up to Rumir. Okay. Let's see here. What? I don't know. I'm just looking. (laughs) Charging in. Charging in. Right next to Gibb. More biting. More biting. Come on, give us good numbers. 19. 19 will hit. You had advantage there. I did. He did. I rolled it. That's what I'm saying. It's a good thing you had advantage, because otherwise you would have rolled a 5. Oh, yeah, yeah. 9 to bite. Okay, you bite down into him. And uh, he, you try to grab onto one of his wings and, and tear at that, trying to find a vulnerable spot of him. And uh, you were able to sink your teeth into it, but you, as you pull away, um, the leathery bits of the wings don't tear away in the way that you hoped they would. And uh, while it certainly does some damage, just maybe not quite as much as you thought they would. Oh, oh well. And that's all I got. We are to Wistari. 
Okay, so can I see the box? He is using a tentacle to kind of obscure it against its chest. You, every now and then you catch a glint of gold in the fighting, but he's kind of surrounded by people and he's got a wolf fighting one side and arrows and magic and it's a lot. You can make a perception check if you'd like to try to kind of lock onto it, um, but it would be an action to perceive and look for an object. Okay. Um, I I kind of know that he's got it, so I'm just trying to figure out where I can go to actually get in there and attack him, because everyone's position's just updated for me. Who cares? Yeah, I need to be 10 feet, not 5 feet. Or there. Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to do that. I'm going to go to there. And then attack with my lamp. Time's a charm. Huh. You can do it. Yeah, called it. Nice. Okay, that will hit. And as... As you see Romare's wolf form grab onto a wing and jerk it down, it kind of exposes the back of this beast towards you, and you jam your lance into it, and it uh, it howls in rage as it's kind of getting attacked on all sides now. And, uh, and then I very specifically yell, we need the box. Get me the box. Okay, you guys hear as Wastari commands the, the room around her. She shouts about the box, and... Um, Next up is Vern. Okay. Oh, how big was the radius on the flashbang? <laughs> ten, ten feet. Ten feet. Okay. Right over here. Yeah, that's what I was just thinking. I'm gonna hit. Just right behind him on the rug. Um, I'm going to slam one of those things on the ground and see see what all it does. Okay. Do I have to roll anything? You're throwing the flash, one of the flashbangs down? Yes. Okay. Um, roll. Okay, yes, you throw it down. Make a make it just a regular dexterity check to make sure you can chuck it where you're aiming and you throw it hard enough to break the, the glass open. Check or save? Check. Dead. Okay. Uh, 12. Okay, you fumble with it for a second, but throw it hard at the ground at its feet. Okay, and he hisses as a bright flash um, erupts right behind him. And as he struggles against the light, he seems to be blinking and having trouble adjusting. And he is blinded for one round. Yeah. Okay, and then um, he did take some damage. Input that. Does my hunter's mark give him extra damage on the grenade? <laughs> 
How does Hunter's Mark work? That's just for you to, for ranged like attacks, right? It is. It, yeah, it just says I deal an extra d6 of damage whenever I hit it with a weapon attack. So I guess that that's then like no. an item. Afraid not. Okay. Uh, is that so, your turn, Burn? That is all I got. <laughs> okay. Ink blind creature. Okay, so for one round until Vern's next go, attack rolls against the creature have advantage, and the creature's attack rolls have disadvantage while he's blinded. Nice. So, um, so he's going to make his attack. Um, I'm actually going to uh, give Talar. Will you roll a D four for me? Uh, Vern one, Gibbs two. Uh, Wolfie three with Starry four. It's Vern. Vern. Okay, so he is going to attempt to attack Vern with the stunted. Rude. <laughs> As he swings down yes. towards you, mostly because he had attacked you before and he kind of knows where you're standing. Those are both the same number. That never happened. They're both a miss. Probably. Fourteen. Yes, that's a miss. <laughs> Whew. Okay, second attack. Um, those are those are those are lower. That was a three and a four. Yeah. Naturally. So no, that's not gonna do it. Um so he's blinded, he's raging, um, he's attempting to swipe his tentacle out and just failing to miss Vern as you're kind of dodging around his flailing tentacles. Uh you manage to avoid getting uh hit. Lovely. Gibtalar. It's to you, and remember, you have advantage. Oh. That's convenient. I just figured out how to roll with advantage on D&D Beyond. Thank you. Is that with advantage? That's definitely going to hit either way. No, well, hold on. I'm but sorry. you should definitely make sure it's not a crit, though. No, okay. It's not. Okay. Oh. Can we get the full max damage? No, one point off. Yeah. So close. So, 18 points total? Yes. As this thing screeches, as its sight is rendered from it, and it can't find purchase on anything, Gibtilar, you move forward to attack with Gravel Thrash. How do you want to do this? It's me playing around with Team DPI really quick. Uh... I want to chuckle really loudly because, you know, weird sentient weapon shenanigans. And then just kind of cut off its wings so it can't fly no more. And then decapitate it. Okay. It, it gives a, a gnarled scream as you go for its throat to decapitate it. And as soon as you do, it almost immediately begins to melt away. As the last of it fades, you think you hear faint laughing before it dissolves into nothing. All that's left behind is the Duke's slain body. The circlet it had that the Duke had on his head um, 
glows for just a moment before growing dim. Um, the the Pixis lays um, on the floor in front of him as the avatar had dropped it during the struggle. We are out of initiative. What are you guys doing? I am putting on my bright red gloves and reaching for the thing to put it into the slime bucket. Okay, you reach forward and you pick up the uh, the the Pixis and drop it into, shove it down into the goo. And there is a very bright flash as this thing reacts violently to to the neutralizer. And it splutters and a, a, an array of sparks um, flash out of it as it seems to be fighting the, the neutralization. But after a moment, it grows still. Um, I will loop his body. The Duke's uh, body? Around and see if it seems like it worked and, and like the, the blackness is gone. Okay, Gib did Gibtelar make an investigation check for you um, as uh, Wistari heads to the door to check out? You find his pockets are empty, um, but the the circlet on his head seems to be the only thing of real value. Um, I'm gonna put the circlet on the throat. You're gonna what? We'll put the circlet on the throne. On the throne? Or whatever this is on the chair. Okay. You do so. Um you see Wistari as you get to the front. You see that the you're opening the front door, right? Yes. Okay. Well, I want to, like, as I get to it, see if I can tell if, you know, there are still zombies trying to break through it first. You you hear no noise on the other side. Um, so I carefully unbar it and try and, you know, open it up being wary of zombies. The, you see in front of you the onyx statues standing exactly where they once were when you guys had first entered the square. They seem to be completely inert and har harmless. Is the black goo still everywhere? You guys are still coated in ichor, but it, as you look up towards the sky, it looks like the dark shroud that is covering the town is slowly beginning to fizzle. It's not gone, but it looks like it's working its way to being gone. That maybe it wasn't it, whatever the ritual was that was cast after was what created this darkness, but it seems that the magic that was holding everything in place, now that that's been neutralized, everything else seems to be falling apart. So it's not gone, but it's, it seems like it will be. Okay, I, I yelled back to everyone, I, I think it worked? Are the people still statues? Yeah, but like the gross sky is going away. 
Well, that's a plus. Right? But I need a shower. That I think we all do. I kind of dog shake, <laughs> and Icker goes everywhere. So glad I was on the Great. Glad I'm putting the crown back on the, <laughs> the throne. So then you moved your thing back. Yes, you did. Okay, so um, Gibtalar, as you pick up the the circlet, you feel the thrum of magic beneath your fingers. It's warm to the touch as you pick it up and move to set it on the on the the throne. Like you set it I, down. Can I tell if it's good magic or bad magic or? Do you have detect magic? Uh, no. No. You can you can tell that it is magical, but as far as its nature, you're unsure. The Duke never got to use it because nobody came close enough <laughs> before right. he was transformed. So um Not you don't know what it does. You can make an arcana check and see if you can guess. Can. It's magical. It does something. Um it's unclear what exactly it does, but it is certainly magical. If it seems safe, I'm going to go ahead and drop the wild shape and become a fearbolg again. I would say with Wistari telling you that the the sunlight is coming back into the town slowly and that there aren't a horde of zombies waiting to kill you all, I would say that the threat seems to have passed and you feel safe enough to transform back. You'll just hear a... <laughs> and there's room here. You have detect magic. I kind of look over there and say, "Hmm." I I mean, what? Or identify, I would say, was what tells you what it does. I mean, I do have detect magic, and I can try it. That'll tell you the school of magic. I think identify is what t- is the one that tells you what it does. I don't have identify. For the duration, you sense presence of magic within 30 feet. If you sense magic in this way, you can use your action to see a faint aura around any visible creature or object in the area that bears magic and learn its school of magic, if any. So, yes. Do it. Sure. It's my, uh, it's one of my fear bulk ones. I just cast it. Alrighty, let me double check the school of magic on it. What? Bullshit. What? It says I can't cast the spell because I don't have enough. Fuck it. It's it doesn't take up a spell slot. This is the one that I can cast, either oh. that or um, disguise self. Gotcha. Okay. Let's see. It's innate fearbolg magic. Because I'm fancy. I can sense magic, or make myself look like an elf, or turn into a giant wolf. Oh, and I guess I should also heal, um, Gib, because, you know. It, uh, it gives off necrotic energy. I kind of, I kind of back away from it a little bit, like, As you, as the... As the magic of detect magic flows out from you, you also detect the the bag of holding, the 
but the the jar of goo that Wistari is holding almost feels like a void as well as the the gloves and the red bag it almost feels like your magic moved around them you also sense a, a bit of magic coming from Gibtalar's weapon the one that he's holding Um, the magic on that one is hard to tell what school it's coming from. It's odd. It's almost like you can't place it. But the the circlet gives off necromantic magic, and you you can you can feel that one, and it does not feel pleasant to your magical sense. I look at Gilb and I say, "The circlet is filled with necromancy." Maybe maybe we should take. I'm gonna. We have the bag still, right? Yeah, I, um, yeah. I have the bags. Let's put the, the circlet in the other magic bag. I reach into my bag and get out the other bag and uh, bring it over to you. Thanks. We'll put the, the circlet into the, the bag. Okay, this one uh, only gives off like a, like a staticky kind of spark as you put it into the bag. Um, not quite the fireworks the other one gave, but still gives a little bit of a punch as you slide it into the bag. That's for Gib. The cure wounds. Make it full health. How much did I... I mean, I took... Eight... No. Yes, eight damage as a wolf? I forget how that translates. I don't think it any matters. any damage taken in your wolf form doesn't carry over unless it exceeds the wolf's form's health. Okay, so so I'm fine. Yeah. You're fine. Sweet. You're probably going to be a little bit sore, but otherwise, you're totally fine. I didn't have a corner. I have a paper cut. Or <laughs> <laughs> All right. What's everybody doing? What, what happened with the dough? It's still all over us, or it, it dissipated? It's starting to dissipate, according to Wistari. The, okay. the darkness is, a, is seems like it's attempting to dissipate. The, the ichor that is on you guys is, like I said, that's not in the air. That was something that coated you as you moved into the space through that oily membrane that, surrounds, that surrounded the city. Okay. Um... So, so do we attempt to get a hold of Artie, or? Oh yeah, that's a good idea. Are we gonna just start hiking down uh, away out of the dome for to to be for sure? I think we can try. I'll pull out the the big sending stone. Oh, sh- uh, go ahead. Artie, Artie, do you copy? Hello. Hello. Artie, I need a shower. We all need showers. Can you hear us? Man, I I can't tell what y'all are doing. It's definitely, it's a little bit easier to hear you guys, but it's still like, like you're at the end of a really long tunnel. It's kind of echoey and hard to understand. Somebody in a shower? Talk really slow. Ow, ow, okay, that's worse. That's worse. You know what? Just meet. Are you are you guys injured? Yes or no? No. Can you meet Lena at the rendezvous? Maybe. The tree? We can try. 
Okay. Okay. I'll uh, let me know when you guys are there and I'll send her. He's, he's doing that thing where he talks louder and clearer, even though he's not the one with the problem. And it's kind of <laughs> annoying to hear in your head. Copy <laughs> oh, that. Uh, should we check on any of the the city people down there? See if there's any changes or just... Yeah, I think so. Lila? We may as well. Delilah? Hey there, so Delilah. You guys, you guys are moving back through the town and heading to the market square? Yes. While we're moving through the town, I, through the this plaza, I kind of want to look at those statues again. How long does okay. it take stay around? As you as you guys move out into the square and look at the statues, um, they seemingly are unmoving, and their expressions are completely neutral. Detect magic does last up to ten minutes. Can I pick up anything off of these statues? Very very strong transmutation magic, and you can feel it crumbling. Like you can feel it changing even as you're standing there. Ooh. I relay that to the others as best I can. <laughs> you, do you think they'll go back to normal? Or they'll fall apart and die? I have no idea. Uh, one way to find out, I sit down and watch. <laughs> I use Vern as a chair. Yeah, so guys... Michelle probably hold you up, right? <laughs> so you guys are staying in the plaza to stare at the statues, or you're going to the market? I guess we're going to stare at the statues for a little bit. How long are you going to sit and stare I'm, at the statues? I'm heading for the market. I need. I want to see what's going on because I want a shower. Nope. Oh, yeah. Sooner I, sooner I get a shower. I'll go with Wistari. Okay. Okay. You so you probably, guys, you could probably sell the rest of the collages to these people and make more money. Just going to throw that out there. Anyways. um, <laughs> You guys, you two head to the market while these two stare at statues. And um, as you, there is just enough light beginning to penetrate the shadowy overhead bubble that you guys are there, that it, it seems like you're moving in very dim light. Um, your drift globe has gone inert. It's hour used up. So you're just going through what cracks. It's, it's, it's like the sun trying to peek through clouds, only these clouds are so dark and inky black that it's no, no additional reflection to give off a glow like clouds. So you can see where you're going, but it's difficult. And as you make your retrace your steps to the market square, you see stillness. And the first thing you notice is that you don't hear the din of commerce as you did before. There is no trade going on. There's no movement. And as you walk into the square, the people that were there seem to be frozen. In that they are all have blink expressions, unmoving as they just stare and stand there. Uh, I squeeze the the ear thing and say, "Hey, uh, guys, we're at the market, and everyone's frozen." What? What kind of frozen? Like you guys, you guys here? Oh, 
What? What you guys hear? So the muffled. She was muffled. It sounds very muffled. Any progress on the statue? You guys do not detect any change. Nothing looked that way to you when you guys were starting there. Um, the sun is trying its hardest to penetrate this this inkiness, and uh, it's steadily growing lighter, but it is very very slow. No, we should probably catch up to them. I couldn't understand her. They might need us. Yeah, probably better to be safe. We can always come back and check on them after we're done. Agreed. Then I want to that. look in the marketplace for Delilah and her stand, particularly, since we kind of know her. You find Delilah frozen, her hand resting on the corner of the, uh, the booth where her bread sits. Same thing. Frozen expression, looking straight ahead. I gently kind of poke her shoulder, as if, hello? She, she moves with the pressure of your finger, and then goes back into a resting position and just staring straight ahead. Gives no notice to you. Well, there's still something up. Smacker. No. You come and smack her. I will. I have no physical damage. I actually do negative one unarmed. <laughs> I'm, at my, I'm at six now. Oh, no. My unarmed does 1d4 plus two, so I probably shouldn't hit her. Okay, so as you guys uh, move up to Delilah and attempt to decide what's going on, it's just a few moments later that Gibtalar and Vern enter the edge of the market. Uh, and same thing, you guys look in and you see just people being still. Whatever nightmare they were trapped in seems to have changed or ended. You're not sure, but whatever cycle of time that they were trapped in, it's broken and it's left them motionless. This this has got to be that spell that they were talking about that the, the magic users that the Duke brought in cast. The ritual? The ritual, yes. Am I still detecting? I don't know if it's been longer than ten minutes since I cast it. Am I still detecting anything? It would have been, oh, since you guys were not running through the town as you were before, I would say your spell wore off by now. Okay. Does anybody have a way to dispel a spell no. or magic? I do not. I also do not. No, I just hit stuff. You stab thing. Gibtalar, why don't you make an, um, an arcana check? Oh, yeah. Net 20. Okay. <laughs> so with what little Delilah was able to tell you um, about the magic people that the Duke had and the way he was trying to protect the box and how things are beginning to deteriorate now that the box is neutralized, you think that Maybe it's possible that getting the box farther away from whatever the mages cast to occlude it, like if you remove it from the bubble that they've cast, with the object not being in there, it might dissolve whatever magic is here. It might complete the, the separation might allow it to completely break. So 
I relay that information to the party and say, I guess it's it's time to go. Well, well I don't. I take it out of the bubble. You three stay here to uh, see if it works. Well, can we toss it in the bag of holding? Because that's a separate dimension, right? Worth a shot. I open the top of the bag of holding. And I gently place it inside. As you drop the the jar Damn that is God. now holding the, the box and everything in there, the bag of holding begins to shake in your grip. And it vomits back out everything it's holding. Cautious. Everything oh no, that you guys have this covered in goo. Everything you guys put in the bag is is ejected from it. Safety tip number one: don't do that. I, I'd say no. Yeah. I start gathering up everything except the vat and putting it back in the bag. Snag a kolachi. <laughs> catch one in the air. Yes. <laughs> you catch it in your oil or slicked hand and uh, celebrate a little bit too soon. It doesn't look quite as delicious now, but there might be some clean edges you can nibble. Yeah, five second rule. Gross. <laughs> now, I had put on the red gloves, so I shouldn't be as ichor covered. On my hands, right? Uh, when Rumir cast his detect magic, the ichor itself did not appear to be magical. Right, but I put them on after we had come through the the everything. So would they have gathered? If your ichor? gloves were in the bag of holding and you pulled them out, the gloves would not have the ichor on them. But anything you've touched since then, including your crossbow, your lance, yeah. all of that equipment had the ichor on it. So it would have... Bummer. The insides might not, other than what was already on your hands. So we just want a snack, man. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are standing in the dirt and going, "Why is it so dirty in here?" <laughs> just leave the dirt. <laughs> Fine, we'll leave. I'm, I guess it's time to go. <laughs> Maybe we should try to remove the artifact from the bubble. That's what I was saying. I'll just take it down. You guys stay here and see if it works. Stay in contact? Of course. I get out my short sword to, you know, protect myself against anything weird I might come across. I'm going to roll with her, too, just in case. Okay, so Gibtalar and Rumir are staying in the market square, and then Wistari and Vern are exiting the bubble via front gate? Yes. Aye, aye. Okay. Sounds good to me. How many of you were strengths up? I was. Me. I was not. Yeah. The two big strengths up. Vern, you were not? Nope. I, I only got hit by the Duke. Gotcha. Okay. So, uh, Vern, with Starry, as you guys make it to the front of the gate, um, you come back to the trail and where you guys had entered in through and move towards the edge of this dome where before pressing your hand against it, it was like pressing against solid obsidian. This time it makes way like vapor and you're able to push through to the other side. 
Okay, once we're on the other side, I try to contact uh, the guys. I need, I, need all, I need all four of you to make constitution saving throws, and the people oh. that lost strength need to make it at disadvantage. Oh, no. That's rude. Is this still about the snack? Thirteen. Hey. Nine. Wait, beyond is loading. Please hold. Twenty-one. Ten. Okay. Um. Vern, as you guys push through this inky cloud to the other side, the sharp daylight um, is almost uncomfortable to your eyes. And as you blink and adjust, you look over and see Wistari almost lose consciousness. It looks like she slumps in her chair just a bit as she struggles to maintain consciousness. Oh, man. Uh, can I... I'm going to block the sun. I'm going to stand between the sun and her and see if it helps at all. It takes her a second to come to, but eventually she does. It, it takes a second as you kind of um, block the sun and, and prod her a bit to make sure she's okay. And uh, with Starry, you as you move through the same thing, the sun hits your eyes and you get this horrible sense of vertigo as your whole sense of being begins to spin and you close your eyes and attempt to, to, to re-grasp it and when you open your eyes Vern, you're, you're, you're in Vern's shadow as he tries to shield you and you feel better. Mm. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> uh, back in the market square um, Gibtalar, Brumaire, you both collapsed. Sounds about right. Um, oh, okay. Vern, make a perception check for me. Uh, 15. Turning back around where the dome was, you don't see it anymore. The sun is filling the area without issue. You can look back and you can see the gates, but everything looks very advanced in age. It is dirty. Pieces are on the ground. It looks like it's barely even holding together. It looks like a lot of time has passed here. Magnus remembers this. <laughs> And everybody can long rest. Oh, okay. Woohoo! Okay, so once I am mostly good again, I'd like to try to reach out to the guys and using the the earrings and see if they respond. What do you say? Uh, hey, hey, guys. So we're 
we're out here and it's really bright and it looks like the dome is gone. How are you doing? Rumier, you're dreaming of pleasant grassy fields. And then suddenly you have this voice in your ear that just doesn't belong. You're at peace. You're basking in the sun. It feels warm on your fur. But you got this, like, twinge. It's like an itch you can't scratch. And something's just, like, annoying you. It's like a, like a fly buzzing around you. It's just, like, <sighs> just something that's not letting you stay at peace. I mutter in giant five more minutes. That comes through as you wake. Gibtalar, you are struggling against various versions of consciousness. And as you're trying to put together whatever it is, you're, you're at the edge of sleep. And next to you, you hear a gnashing sound of vowels and consonants that you realize are probably not English. Or I'm sorry, probably not common. And uh, you also have a voice in your ear that's trying to get your attention, and it slowly brings you back to And you're first to sit up. Ugh. Hey, guys. What? What do you want? What? 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 Good? I, I don't know. I just woke up. Well. You're... Gibtlar, you are sitting on a dusty cobblestone area. Uh, looking around, it looks like an abandoned town, closed and boarded. Uh, A number of buildings look like they've been caved in. A section of the square looks like it's burned down, maybe from a storm. You're unsure. But this looks vastly different than the active town that you saw. Weird. Seemingly moments ago. And the strength that you were struggling with that, the, that had been sapped from you. As you sit up, you feel fine. You feel oh, like yeah. you didn't just get in a fight. You feel perfectly healthy and normal. Oops, don't mind me. As you kind of stretch and flex your muscles, everything feels like it always did. Well, that's good. I don't know where do the you, people are. That's good. Do you do you wake Rumair as he he's you see him next to you, uh, almost curled up. He's cuddling his quarterstaff. I'm gonna poke him. He grumbles in giant again. Rumair, your your the last vestiges of your dream seem to float away, and you feel a heavy prodding in your chest. I reach out and I smack whatever is poking me. <laughs> Get up. What? Wake up. Oh. What happened? I don't know, but it's weird here and I don't like it. The sun is now bright in the square. The the fountain that sits in the center you saw it as it was dry, but it is now crumpled. The the uh, terracotta that had kind of made up portions of the outside have crumbled in many places and lay broken and shattered. Gibtalar, what is that light up there? That's 
That's the sun. It offends me. Turn it <laughs> off. I, I cannot. I'm going to put my mask over my face, too, because the sunshine is bright. Can I go check on the statues? Yeah, sure. <laughs> you, uh... I follow him. <laughs> okay. Uh, Vern, Wistari, you guys are standing at the gate. You heard a little bit of grumbling from the pair of them. Their comms are active, so you can hear them, and you can tell that they seem to have decided to to go investigate the the statues back in the uh, the plaza. Uh, Rumair and uh, Gibtalar, you guys make your way back to the plaza, and the town looks just completely abandoned and caved in on itself. There aren't that many buildings, and you guys were kind of able to tell that a little bit when it was dark here. But now in the light of day, it looks just in ruin. There isn't much left of a lot of these buildings. And as you make it to the plaza, um, it is empty. There are no statues. The building, the high, uh, the high hall is broken and boarded. It looks like a number of the boards have... Uh, fallen in on itself. This looks like maybe it was another building that might have caught fire at some point. It looks a bit charred on one side. Um, Would be a buy hall by the end of this? But the the plaza is empty. Gib, I think we should go. Yeah, I'm gonna see if I can actually get a hold of Artie now that we're you know not surrounded by the dirty bubble. Let's do that. As we let walk. him know when we were at the tree. <clears throat> But this is weird. Let's do that as we walk. We can debrief him later. When we are not surrounded by dead buildings that could be filled with horrible zombies or eldritch horrors, let's go now. We already beat one eldritch horror today. How much harder could it be to beat another one? I'd rather not find out when it's just the two of us and you are squishy. Ye little faith. I kind of look down at him and just glare. <laughs> I have much faith. Do not doubt my faith. <laughs> I assume we're having this conversation as we walk towards the gate. I hope so. Otherwise, I'm just going to wild shape back into a direwolf and pick you up. <laughs> yeah, so Gibtalar yields and begins following you back towards the gate. As, as though you continue to bicker, he seems to be following you. Just You meet up with the other two before too long, and uh, you are once again back together in the light of day. So, uh, I fill them in on the fact that the town is empty, and everything is weird, and that the statues are gone. Well, that's disconcerting. I agree. I say we leave this town behind and never look back. Yeah. In oh. fact, maybe we should set it on fire. The We don't we need to set... We don't need to burn it with fire. Let's go before you get ideas. What happened to the piece of bread that I bought? Where did you put it? In my bag. 
You open your bag and you find a severely moth-eaten cloth. And that's no bread? No bread. Weird. My bread is gone. And the colossus are dirty. I'm sad. The bread being gone may be for the best. Was it ever really there? Who said that? (laughs) Next time on Twilight Zone. (laughs) Okay, so are you all making your way back towards the tree? Yes. (laughs) Okay, you guys follow back down the trail. Um, The mountain on on this portion of the trail is a bit steep, especially uh, given the years of disuse in rain and erosion and all that kind of fun stuff. But you make your way back down to the tree line. Um, If someone would like to make a survival check to locate which (laughs) specific tree it was she used, you can do so. That will help with that. Never mind. There we go. Plus ask the druid. six. Yeah, ask the druid. <laughs> <laughs> if to where you you stumble forward, you're like, no nah, man, I got this. And you like immediately take a turn and then like you have to get grabbed to keep from like walking off a sharp rock or something to avoid being like, just falling by going the wrong way. And then like, I we shouldn't go uphill. Uphill seems like the right idea. And everyone's like, nah, man. And then I feel like he walks into a tree. Definitely walks into a tree. Um, okay, See, so you is, with the with the combined effort of everybody, half of you kind of making sure Gibtlar doesn't just uh, walk in circles. Uh, you find the tree line and looking for your own footprints in the in the dust and the dirt here. Um, it was a bit damp when you guys stepped through, so it was a little bit easier to make footprints. Uh, and Romare, you're the first to pick up on it, kind of watching the 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 stomp down undergrowth and uh, finding some footprints. You guys locate your tree. Uh, best you can guess is your tree. And, uh, yeah. Hey, Artie. Ah, I can uh, hear you. Like, clearly. Artie, 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 Artie. Whoa. We what? Can we, we need a shower. Can we come home now? Yeah. Oh, it's done? You guys got it? It's done. Everyone's alive. Yes. yes. For the most part. So win. Okay, Lena's coming your way. Everybody get by the tree. You only have six seconds to come through when the when the archway opens. Ready? I'm sending her now. Why do you why do you say that like you're surprised? I'm not surprised. I'm happy. This is my happy face. You said this is my happy face. Sorry, it's instinct when that happens. So as you guys are standing next to the tree, it opens into the archway once more, and you see the lush greenery of of the uh, and the gazebo in the area around Lena's as the doorway opens. I push through dibs on a shower. <laughs> Glad I live on the opposite side from you. <laughs> I follow I, I follow Wastari through I also go through Yep 
Okay. Um, I'm a front flip through just to be different. <laughs> <laughs> I'm down Ninja Turtle. I'll, uh, I'll take the the goop container and the bag to give to Artie. Snag. Okay. He's not everything. For you. Right, you guys, you guys make your way back up to up towards Lena's. Uh, she's flying beside you. And does anybody need to be healed? Is everybody okay? Do you guys all make it out okay? What happened? We're okay. It just. It was weird. The sun is bright and it hurts my eyes. That whole town turned to a pile of dust in seconds after getting that thing out of there. There were zombies. There were and monsters. There were big bugs. Is that what they were? There was what? a wolf. Well, like, it sounds like you guys had quite the quite the adventure. Yes. Well, covered in oily ick, and I want a shower. Okay. Um. Well, you guys know where the showers are, and um, I'll um. I'll get some lunch going. Um, something. Do you want something hearty or what? What's everybody yes. feeling for lunch? Food. Anything without bread. <laughs> oh, okay. Absolutely, yeah. you got it. Maybe um, something a bit fresher. <laughs> is is Artie at the house? Yes, Artie's inside. Um, he just told me to come let you guys back and. Um, he, he's right inside, uh, in the dining room. We head, or at least I, I don't want to speak for everybody, but Rumair heads to the dining room. Yes. I go past Artie, and I, because I still have the bag with the circlet, I think, right? Or... Yeah, I think you do. Oh, you didn't give that to me? I don't I was know. Gonna take, I was going to take the things and give them to Artie. Okay, then you go for it. That way you can go take your shower. I kind of just walk right past Artie. It was gross. I'm taking a shower. We can talk later. Oh, 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 okay. Uh, 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 okay. He kind of, like, ca- calls from the from the dining room as he hears you calling from the stairs. <laughs> sure. All, all right. I guess I'll get debriefed by one of these guys. I go in and sit down with Artie. I also. Um, you guys noticed that the the icker that covered you when you walked through the membrane, while it's not present, you still do feel gross. Okay. So it disappeared like everything else did. But you guys can definitely still. You guys were it, that was on you for a long period of time. It took a while to get to the market and then to the plaza and moving around and all this stuff. You guys were moving around in this covered in that stuff for a while, so I'm sure that uh, Wistari is, like, trying to scrub that feeling away. Yes. <laughs> but you I guys mean, are not, like, it's not dripping off of you, so as you guys come and sit at the dining room table, it's not like you're covering everything you touch with it, because it's not covering you anymore. Meanwhile, I'm from the woods, so I'm kind of used to it. <laughs> Fair. So, uh, I hand Artie both the container and the bag and oh. say it was a two-for-one special. You get, there were two artifacts there? Well, we're not sure if the second one was an artifact, but it um, it was a 
a magical like crown circlet thing and it had a really strong necromantic necromantic magic and so we threw it in there to be safe and brought it back it did it uh did it it did, did it not react. you or anything as you touched it or Back with the neutralizer yeah it, like it's a little bit it fizzed but a I'm... little bit it wasn't like super weird i don't know we figured it'd, it'd be to bring it back. No words. I'm, i mean when you picked it up did it like try to talk to you no it didn't like use me that kind of a thing all right then i'm going to um already kind of shrugs his shoulders he he pulls out a a red glove and slips it on and then pulls the circlet out of the um out of the bag and he pulls a pearl to his forehead and begins to cast identify um it takes a few minutes for him to do so but um he eventually his eyes go wide as um his divine sense begins to tingle and after a moment he says this is it's a it's a circlet of shadow bolt it casts it seems like it just stores the that spell and can be used oh. to to blast people with that thanks um, for us players, that is a plus three to hit at a 30-foot range, um, and it does 1d8 plus one necrotic. Nice. Oh. So it's something we could use, then. Uh, Artie... I mean, that's me, me asking Artie in character and not just out of character. Artie, uh, as, as the spell fades, he kind of inspects it a little bit more, looking around the edges of it. Oh! And um, he shrugs his shoulders and he says, it seems to not be the kind that'll overtake your mind or make you insane. Um, and if it'll keep you safe, I suppose one of you can use it or you could sell it. I don't really care. But um, yeah, I'd say either you guys can use it or we can put it in the warehouse. Cool. I don't think I mean, it'll make you insane. I mean, we figured it'd be better to bring it back and, you know. Better safe than sorry. Absolutely. I'd rather you guys bring all the things back. It's uh, a lot of these are can be twisted. And uh, this one doesn't seem to be. And even he, he slides his glove off and kind of holds it up and looks at it. He says, it's not, uh, it's not cursed in any way. I don't feel anything like that from it. Um, so, yeah, it should be okay to use. Sweet. So uh, I kind of tell him where it came from. Like, we got it off of the now non-existent Duke's body after he transformed. And we, after I killed him, he transformed. We killed the, the big tentacle monster. Uh, there were a bunch of, what they call them? Eatons? Eaters. 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 Yeah. Kind of those two and whatnot. Like, give him a, a solid debriefing on what happened. He nods, and as he uh, kind of holds up the jar of goo to try to get any kind of view of the of the um, Pixis inside, he he nods, and it says it sounds like they did a ritual to cloak the town, and the nightmares of the box corrupted the ritual. And that would be my best guess, honestly. 
So as soon as you removed the corruption from the original ritual, it faded as most of that kind of magic does and ended whatever nightmarish time loop thing it had going on. Uh, it seemed like it was a lot of illusion. Yeah. That's, uh, you guys all made it out and everybody's okay. That's awesome. We did it. I just lost a leg in my first mission, so, you know. Scrub. I'm kidding. <laughs> Didn't have a team of three other people, but whatever. <laughs> Anyways, um, well, I'm going to take this back to the warehouse. You guys rest up. Um, you each have a bag of payment in your rooms. Uh, first, uh, check on the job. So, you guys... How's the, uh, hmm? how's the warehouse been doing since we left? Uh, he growls angrily and, like, clutches his fist. He's like, I'm so close. I think it's... I think there's a person messing with me, and I just gotta find... Maybe it's magic. And he starts mumbling to himself and he's like starts picking everything up and he grumbles all the way to the door. I give him one of the, the dirty floor collages. <laughs> he's not even paying attention so as you hold something out for him to take he just grabs it and starts walking. And it's not until he's out the door that he just like starts putting. He's like Seriously? That's gross! Just dust it off. It's fine. Five second rule. <laughs> <laughs> Someone in the... I look at Gib and Vern and say, Someone breaking into the warehouse? That that seems troubling. Yes? Yes, it would look easy knowing somebody might be able to get in here. Lena, Lena begins setting the table, and it looks like she's put together um, a salad, and um, there's no bread in sight. There's not even croutons in the salad, but as she begins to set the table, there's variation there and I uh, there's a regular green salad and then she also has a fruit salad that she's forward on the table. Yeah. I, um, I holler uh, with Staria and tell her that lunch is food is ready. And then Lena as she she overhears you guys asking about someone she goes, Oh no, I don't think anyone's breaking in. Artie thinks that there's somebody in the area that seems to be um, either doing some type of magic to get his attention or Something. They're not in the warehouse, but it's making the warehouse angry with the amount of magic that's being used. Oh. The area that we're in, did he explain the ley lines to you? Vaguely? Well, you know how in certain areas where ley lines converge, or even over the top of one, magic can be amplified? Well, okay, so it can be amplified if that happens. Well, we're kind of in a very specific void. This is the largest gap between ley lines that there is on Wild Mount, and it's one of the safest places to be um, for magic things that like to act up. So they don't, they can't draw on the ley line magic, and it helps in keeping them suppressed. Um, so if too much magic is used in the area, some of the artifacts tend to get a bit grumpy and can be a bit more active. And the warehouse itself is trying to warn Artie, and he's been zapped so many times this week. Um, I shouldn't laugh, but it's a bit funny, and it's making him a bit cranky. Is there anything we can do to assist? Um, if you see anybody running around this area, um, apprehend them, because nobody should be here. There's not a town here for miles, and 
we're so far out of the way that if they're here, they're likely up to no Who's up to no good? Say as I come down the stairs. Someone messing with Artie. And well, potentially the Marines. And potentially the warehouse. This this could be bad. There's no other people that work with us. Oh, certainly. But uh, we have we have a few other agents, but they're over on Teldore um, doing their thing. You might see them here eventually, but um, they work pretty remotely. Oh, so it's a work from home thing. Okay. Sure. Although I think they might be from Marquette, so maybe not home. You say Marquette, I say Marquette. Who cares? <laughs> tomato, tomato. Oh, I... Sure. Um, there are tomatoes in the salad, so if you don't like them, just put them to the side. All right, well, um, that's lunch. I'm going to go get some stuff ready. Um, if you guys need anything, just call for me. How long were we gone? Oh, um, a couple hours, maybe. That's it? Okay. Yeah, we were quite surprised with the call. That's weird. Yeah. It's it's we're, just barely lunchtime now as you guys are at home. We're fishing. Yay. That felt like a lifetime. I mean... It, it I certainly felt like you guys were in the town longer than what happened. Yeah. Weird. Okay. Hmm. Well, that's convenient. Isn't it? How much did we get paid? Uh, As you go up to your room, you find a leather satchel that has 20 gold pieces. Oh, I haven't opened that. Yeah, that is your your first pay for just a few days worth of work. You guys have only been technically employed for like two, three days. Sorry. We already made what seventy gold or something like that. Okay, that is where we are going to end tonight. I am going to kick out Craig. Yay! Me, bye, Craig. Bye, Craig. If it'll listen. Right. Man, I spent that silver on nothing. (laughs) You got a rag? You did. You count the money in your pocket? It's the same amount. Oh, so I didn't spend my silver? You don't think so? 